0: let's just do a quick test of audio test 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 welcome to otaku brothers your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring rusty re lewis 2011
1: and ryan Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and tonight I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How are you doing, sir? I am exhausted, and why is that?
0: So I went to a 8:30 class with Lauren, where it's like a total body training, and it's basically just cardio until you die. Wow, that sounds very and fun. That's not how they market it, because no one would come. Yeah, um, but that's what
1: it felt like. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was there with your dad. Yeah, yeah my dad Lauren. does it. Uh, I used to do it back in high school, but uh, I have knee issues, so I'm really hoping that I think TBC I could do. It's the kickboxing portion that I wouldn't probably be able to do. Yeah, TBC was, standing for Total Body Conditioning.
0: Yeah, um, it was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, no, I, I want to get back into that. It'd be I think it'd be a lot of fun. It'd be good for me. But uh, so the, we're, we took a break for two weeks because yes. uh, you know we were off last week because I sounded like a frog. Um, we pushed the episode to Sunday, we were originally gonna record Friday, I'm like, I just need a couple of days to hopefully, you know, vitamin C up, uh, overdose on, uh, airborne and ramen noodles, that didn't help, Sunday actually sounded worse, so we just took the week off, yeah. and, uh, it's kind of funny, Retro Game explores another podcast I listened to with P Door. they actually, their last episode released was about RPGs, which is... Actually, the main topic of our show tonight. So nice. we're going to, of course, kick off the show as we usually do, talking about the games we've been playing recently. Uh, we've got some great listener questions, uh, one from Travis and another from another friend of mine. And then it's going to be all RPG talk. We'll talk about um, kind of our first experiences playing, um, you know, RPGs in general. And then kind of breaking down the genres or the subgenres Um and kind of just talking about some of our favorite games in those subgenres, games we hope to play in the future, and, and really what about the role-playing game um, is so appealing to us. So should be a lot of fun, but uh, let's kick it off as we always do, Ryan, with the games we've been playing. What have you been playing this week? So I've been still playing
0: the uh, phone game Crush Em All. It's, uh, yeah, kind of explained that for the last few weeks, so not yeah. much to go into. It's just a mindless clicking game. Um, I played a bit of Peggles 2, of course you um, the repeggling. Uh, beat a few levels, but I'm stuck on one, so I'm taking a break from that as well. Um, I put some time into Minecraft, um, so I've been trying to build a giant structure based off of the uh, the same kind of architecture as Durham's Cathedral. It's a uh, cathedral in the UK. Okay. Um, so that's going coming along. I have about two and a half walls built, doing some landscaping. So how would, do you like
1: have something on your computer to like kind of like let you know this is what I'm kind of aiming for, type of thing. Um,
0: so I spend a lot of time looking at architecture, and Durham's Cathedral is actually what, or one of the cathedrals that Harry
1: Potter built their castle off of. So is that like the poster that you have above your bed? So, like, when you like look up at night every night, you just have like Durham's Cathedral. Is that what that picture is on top of your bed? Uh,
0: that, that's one of them. That's the one in my closet. Okay. You know? I okay. spend a lot of time in the, So, <laughs> no, I, um, I don't know, Egyptian architecture really fascinates me, Um, yeah, kind of the medieval architectures, which is, I mean, kind of where most of my RPGs kind of fall, so you got like um, Dark Souls, Skyrim, those kind of, that kind of crumbled architecture look, Um, so I'm having that translate into my fortress that I'm building on Minecraft. Okay, cool. Um, and then I also got Neo, so I was a little skeptical at first, and then it was, I woke up way too early on a Sunday because I couldn't sleep. So
1: I um I got that, and um, it's a lot of fun. So, I, um, what, I mean, how would you, you know, when Neo first came out, I think it was last year, it was... Maybe unfairly or correctly compared to the soulsborn type of games, is it a pretty act comparison, or is are there a lot of differences? Um, there are a lot of differences, but I do
0: think going off of the like brutal bosses, brutal enemies, that kind of style is accurate in comparis- mm-hmm. Comparing the two, I do think Neo is a little bit easier. I will say the boss that I beat um, after my workout this morning, I died more on that than I did in any dark souls or bloodborne boss mm-hmm. um it was just operator error though <laughs> so yeah. yeah i was a little i was coming off of peggles too so yeah. a little adjustment there um but yeah it's it's a lot more like diablo when it comes to the loot system it's not a you get a axe or an axe and it serves a specific purpose in okay. the world it's more you get a lot of different drops and you have um like six different types of weapons. Mm-hmm. So you have like a katana, a double katana. And so maybe it's,
1: for the listeners that don't know, this is like kind of set in feudal Japan. It's kind of like an action style game in a very similar manner. It's third person, I think. Yeah. In a very similar way that to like the Bloodborne and Dark Souls type games.
0: Yeah. So it's it's a lot of fun. I like the loot. I mean, it's a lot different than Dark Souls, and I mean, your inventory gets filled up a lot quicker.
1: But I do like the looting kind of aspect. From um, Diablo, cool. So, so and yeah. now, would you say that there's more story exposition in this than there are in like the the Soulsborne games, or is it is it more story driven? I guess.
0: Yeah. So the Dark Souls and Bloodborne are kind of open world, and they loop back on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, it is more about the story. You follow this like Irishman who like became a samurai or something like that. Okay. It's more story based and each. Air or like location is based in like a singular level, okay. Um, so you can go into other levels and play through that, and those levels themselves loop back on themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have checkpoints or
1: the sim like one or two bonfire equivalents in each level. Oh, okay, okay, very cool. Yeah, I'll definitely have to play it when, um, when you're finished because when it first came out, it was kind of before I had um played through uh Bloodborne, and so. I was a little bit hesitant to kind of get into a game that was that punishing. But now having played through Bloodborne um, twice, actually, uh, I, I think I can handle it. So I'm looking forward to playing that when you when you finish it up. And it's probably going to play... It'll, it'll be interesting because, you know, Ghost of Shimira or whatever, um, yeah. that game that's coming out by um, Insomniac, uh, I think later this year, maybe it might be TBD right now. I don't think we have a, a, an actual release date. It'll be interesting to see how that game compares to... Um, Neo and also the Souls games as to the difficulty, um, mm-hmm. because the infamous games and um, Ratchet and Clank games, Insomniac's previous you know installments or previous games, um, they weren't punishing in, in, in any way. Yeah. But you now this new Souls game genres, I mean, it's really spun off into its own like subgenre. So it'll be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, you were raving about the Ghost Game during E3, mm-hmm. and I didn't actually see a trailer until. I think when I was researching Neo and that's why I ended up getting Neos cuz I saw that trailer. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I'm really excited for that one. Actually probably more so than the Dark Souls one. Yeah. What is uh what is the name of that? Uh Go or Shadows Die Twice. Yeah, Shadows Die Twice. Um whatever. Some other name. Yes, yeah. The wow. other name associated with that. So that one there's actually no leveling system
1: in Shadows Die Twice. Mhm. Is it sort of like your weapons, like similar to the Souls games? No,
0: I think it's just you're a singular character. It's more story-driven. It's not necessarily about the upgrading. So, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't either. Yeah. Um, That's why I was trying Neo because it does have all the looting and the leveling, which is kind of where I like to spend my time.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Just grinding. Yeah. Grinding away. Gotta love the grind. Gotta love the grind. So is that all you played this week, then? Yeah, just those four games. Okay. Uh, So, you know, per usual, it was two weeks. You know, I usually play quite a number of games in one week. And uh, the list was long. The list was long. Yeah, Um, so he's beaten every PS2 game ever created. Which is quite a... Yeah, wow, that's like a thousand games or something stupid like that. Um, You had two weeks. (laughs) No, so I, uh, you know, really still just dabbling in the PS2 and N64 stuff. And uh, I played more Perfect Dark multiplayer. So, you know, I talked about in an earlier episode that... um, in the multiplayer, if you create a character, you can essentially kind of level them up from, like, rank t- rank 20 to rank 1. Um, so I'm currently trying to work my way up there. But, like, I-, I read somewhere. I don't know how factual it is. But, like, you have to get, like, a million kills, walk, like, a gazillion kilometers in combat simulator in order for you to actually get to rank 1. But I think over the next year, I'd like to eventually do it. Because um, it's just a fun thing to, you know, um, have the preset... Um, map that I like, which is usually the grid, the weapons I love, and then just, uh, you know, eight or nine, eight to ten simulants that I just fight against for yeah. 20, to 30 minutes. It's just a fun podcasting game. So been enjoying more of that. I started a new file in Super Mario 64, which uh, is always good fun. It was my number three or four game of all time. Um, just terrific music and just fun platforming and uh, just very charming. So, How many starts do you have now? Uh, 15. Fifteen, okay. yeah. So I've never actually beaten the game when I was growing up. Really? Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I what, don't... beating Bowser or c- collecting no, because all the you stars, fight Bowser or... multiple times. Um, but I've never gotten all the stars. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe I. I don't. I'm sure you can beat Bowser the final time without having all 120 because you basically yeah. need to get a certain number of stars to you progress have to, get 100. to an area to the castle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I would really love to do that because it's just such a great game and. Um, having it be in my top 10, it's kind of um, almost insulting that I actually haven't completed it. Yeah, it makes you look lame. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. But no, I will someday. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'm just enjoying that. Um, the other two games I spent the bulk of my week with were, um, well, one that I'm actually a few hours in now. I'll talk more about it next week, but um, you can expect impressions about Lord of the Rings, The Third Age on the PS2 next week. Which Wasn't is,
0: that on your list as well?
1: Uh, not top 10, no. Uh, Battle for Middle-Earth 2, was on my list, okay, and that was a um, like a real time strategy game, mm-hmm. like in the vein of. I know uh, you've mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Third Age, um, it really was not uh, received so well or received so well mm-hmm. um, by critics and public. But people were just like, because it originally advertised. I think the back of the box says the greatest RPG since Final Fantasy, which is wow, that's a lofty claim. It really is, and it comes nowhere near that. But it is enjoyable for for what it's worth. It, it's a an enjoyable, somewhat slow. Um, Lord of the Rings turn-based RPG that follows the events of the movie. So expect uh-huh. to hear more impressions next week. But, um, you know, I was watching while I was at home. I was working from home this past week, and uh, I was watching the Harry Potter movies. And, you know, I recently completed Sorcerer's Stone a couple of weeks back, and I wanted to play Chamber of Secrets. So um, I played through that in its entirety, and it's, you know, it's, it's it's tough to recommend on the PS2. I'd actually prefer the PS1 versions of both Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets, um, just because of some of the um, design choices, the way you fight certain bosses, it's kind of changed in the PS2 games. Not that it's bad, but again, I just I prefer um, the PS1 versions. But in any case, the games are kind of like basically set up in this day-night cycle. So during the day, you go down to the Gryffindor common room as Harry, and you're greeted by either Hermione or Ron, and they basically instruct you to go to the third, fourth, fifth floor, whatever it might be for your Transfiguration, Potions, and Defense Against the Dark Arts classes. And when you go to each class, the, the professor kind of gives a little spiel, you kind of enter this dungeon, and the purpose of it is basically discovering a new spell, and then using that spell to kind of um, play through certain puzzles and things like that to kind of get to the un- end of this little area. Okay. Um, and then when you wake up at night, you kind of play through kind of the iconic scenes in the movies. So uh, when Crab and Goyle, uh, when they kind of like, whatever they do, they like, sp- the polyjuice potion or whatever, you yeah. know, they... they take their identity and go see Malfoy. And then Hermione
0: um, turns into a cat. Yes, and yes. And you have to give her, like, yarn balls. Yep, and you have yep. to... It's, it turns into, like, Nintendo cats. Yes, that... Yeah, yeah like, cat, uh, the 10 cats. Nintend- yeah, that's it, Is right that, there. <laughs> that's a little mini-game. Was that mini-game. a game, or was it
1: Nintendo dogs? Well, it was originally Nintendo dogs on the DS, and then the 3DS, they introduced both. So okay. it was Nintendo dogs and cats, or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's enjoyable, so... Um, I played it through its entirety. Of course, one of my favorite things about the games is the music because it was composed by Jeremy Soule, which was the composer for the the Elder Scrolls games. So, you know, Morrowind and Oblivion and Skyrim, he composed all of those soundtracks. And you really get a, uh, an Elder Scrolls <coughs> vibe as you're kind of just casually roaming the halls um, and, and Hogwarts. And mm-hmm. it definitely changes when, you know, prefix or professors spot you at night. Um, the music gets more intense in a very similar way. Da, da, da. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> precisely. Uh, no, it, it's, it's Ron. <laughs> yeah, no, it gets very similar to uh, the Elder Scrolls in that regard. Um, another fun thing about the game are the Quidditch matches. You know, every, you play through. Um, you play each of the teams. You play Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin is the final match. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that Quidditch is always fun. You know, I actually have the the um, the Quidditch World Cup game on the PS2 as well, which is a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's crazy that they were able to to kind of essentially fill a sports game or fit a sports game into an already fun kind of adventure game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd really recommend these games. The third one, Prisoner of Azkaban, um, at least from my memory, was my favorite growing up. But uh, Like movies-wise or book-wise? Well, wise? certainly movie. It is my favorite Harry Potter movie. But game-wise, too, I felt like I had the most fun playing through that. But um, really, I think one through three. We could, it's basically a kissing simulator. Yes, and you punch Malfoy. At one point too, yes, and that and yeah. you, you ride uh, Buckbeak. So. Oh, nice! You actually do. I'm not kidding about that. You do ride Buckbeak. That'd be cool, uh, which is fun. But uh, so yeah, that I really had a good time playing through that, and I'll be probably playing through Prisoner of Azkaban sometime later in the year. I need to take a break. Um, and the perfect game that was a break from Harry Potter was a game that Pete. It comes highly recommended from Pete. He talked about it um, when he was on the show for episode nine, and it was a game that you know I walked into a game crazy back in. Uh, must have been two thousand three because I was ten years old, I, I think, and uh, I came across this game with this—you um, it, it, know—this this young man's face was on it. He looked somewhat similar to Link, and he had this like glowing light in front of his face. And it was called Dark Cloud, and it, it just visually looked appealing. The back of the box, you know, quotes it, and pictures—it just it looked interesting to me. And I'd never heard of it up to that point, so I brought it home, and uh, I just didn't like it. I really um, could not get into it. There were just systems that in the game that were not well explained and i kind of just was left my own devices and gamefacts.com and i didn't have the patience to learn the complexities of the game so i turned it in and got rid of it but you know now you know pete having highly recommended it i figured now is the perfect time to give it another chance because it's been kind of digitally remastered for the ps4 graphically um, and some of the gameplay designs as well and i downloaded on the ps4 which was on sale a couple weeks ago for like Four bucks, I think, four fifty or whatever it might have been. And so this game basically is um, a roguelike RPG in the sense that the dungeons that you go into are procedurally generated. Each time you go into them, they're different, which is really unique, especially for a game that came out in 2001. I mean, the, the genre dates back to like old school PC games, but um, to have this like 3D, three dimensional world. Um, kind of built by this you know this developer called level five which now you know they've made games like um the Nino kuni series and white knight chronicles and even now the the yokai watch games that were released on 3ds it's essentially rivals pokemon now in japan if not yeah is that
0: the weird one with the ghosts yeah things
1: yeah um i never played them but i i don't know i feel like they'd be interesting yeah Uh, i think when you're telling me what podcasts were you're trying you're
0: like hey we should do a podcast you were like we listened to one, and that was one
1: game that oh, was yeah. on that. Oh, yeah. We were listening to um, Ludo Wave Radio. So that's like, sure. yeah, TV and Lust uh, does that podcast.
0: Yeah, um, so I had no idea what you are saying with TV and Lust. I thought it was TVN, like TVN was a name, oh. and like TVN had some lust. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> that TVN is such a weird name, and then i was like hunting around and i was like on pete door's youtube channel because i was like oh what what does he have before he came on our thing yeah and uh i looked down at the bottom it was like tv like television and lust yeah i was like gosh i am an idiot no i mean no one would name their kid tv no the (laughs) way i
1: the way i pronounce it it does kind of sound like it's mushed together so i guess it makes sense Um, But in any case, so Dark Cloud, you kind of kick off the game with this really pretty impressive cinematic where um, this general is kind of walking forward and there's like all these weirdo people doing this crazy choreographed dance. And they're basically doing a ritual dance to reawaken this dark genie that's been essentially in sleep for for like thousands of years. And the general, the main purpose of him wanting to reawaken this genie, of course, is to kind of use him as a puppet to essentially take over the world um, to his liking. And so just before the dark genie essentially blasts away a certain portion of, of, of Earth, the world, or whatever it might have been. Is Robin Williams voicing the genie still? No, unfortunately not. You know, I think uh, he auditioned, but I think the character... He, he didn't make the cuts. He didn't make the cuts. They said, you need to just retire. Yeah. Your, Sorry, you
0: weren't in Kingdom Hearts, so genie we're character. not going to let you in this one. I yet. did
1: think that Homer Simpson's character or uh, voice actor did an admirable job, though. Voicing Genie in the Kingdom Hearts games? Yeah. Yeah, No, he did. Especially because you could definitely, like, if you close your eyes, you could hear Homer, which was funny. Yeah, I Um, still...
0: You still need to give me The Simpsons, like,
1: the first season. I think I did leave it on your... uh, No, you gave me um, The Batman, right? Animated series. Okay, that's right. I did do that. Which, by the way... Listen up, folks. If you're a fan of Batman, the animated series, go on Amazon now because all five seasons and all um, the two... Animated series movies are actually being released on Blu-ray in a complete set with three Funko Pop figures um, for like 110 bucks, which actually is a pretty good deal. But the, the catch is there's only 30,000 copies being printed. What's a Funko Pop? Little Pop figures that you have.
0: Oh, that's what they're called?
1: Yeah, Funko Pop. I thought they were Pop figures. Funko is like the the, the brand. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like the, the creator of those little figures. But, um, oh, interesting. But yeah, so... So
0: what makes Blu-ray cartoons better than dvd cartoons
1: well first of all i like how they fit on a shelf because it's thinner and less no. discs so like that's why i got the dragon ball z ones because they're like essentially like three ps2 games in one uh, as far as thickness of the actual case um okay. and blu-ray it's almost like essentially one dvd case yeah um and it, there is a difference like if you watch a youtube video of like blu-ray versus non-blu-ray dragon ball z just the crispness of the animation is noticeable um, but of course if you like waited a month and watched it on DVD and watched it on Blu-ray, you're not going to see a, a sizable difference. But, um, but for me, it's more of just like, I think a collector mentality, you know, I just okay. prefer to have the, like, why would I be watching a subpar version of something when I could be seeing it in a better version? You know, I, I again, it's, it's my own thinking, you know, I'm, I mean, everyone's different, but yeah, that's just who I am. Um, so I'm going to finish talking <laughs> about dark cloud at some point, um, <laughs> But so basically this dark genie, he's being reawakened. He just, he's just before he destroys this portion of the world, this fairy king, who has a striking resemblance, speaking of Dragon Ball Z to um, Master Roshi, except he looks like he's on crack all the time because his eyes are like, like he's like a deer in headlights look all the time. Um, Like
0: Lorne on caffeine.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So he casts this counter spell essentially to um, kind of encapsulate all um, buildings and the people that, you know lived in those buildings in these little shells called Atla just before the genie sh- you know, struck or whatever. And so he does that, and they're essentially in these, they're, they're placed into these dungeons that you eventually visit. And so you as this young boy named- What's it like, the Pokeballs that are capturing these like
0: locations are put into, where are the dungeons relative to the Atla? Uh,
1: well, the Atla are within the dungeons. They're essentially like little floating orbs. That you, that you find. That you find, yeah. So then wh- where are the dungeons in the world? So I'll get to that. So okay. the game starts, you play as this young man named Toen, and you kind of walk into your village, Norrin Village, and you go and visit the mayor, and he basically kind of explains the circumstances of what's happened, that everything's been destroyed, and he kind of instructs you to go to this nearby dungeon called uh, like Dark Bat Cave, or whatever, this cave. <laughs> and, and when you go there, you're greeted by Master Roshi, and he essentially... By ge- Alfred as well. Yes, Alfred is there, um, in in, in a tuxedo, in a tuxedo. No, but, so, Master Roshi essentially gifts you this, like, little thing for your wrist that allows you to open these little Atla orbs. And you kind of progress through these different floors. Or a Pokedex. Pretty much. It's pretty much a Pokedex on your wrist. Um... And it allows you to open the atlas. So the gameplay loop is essentially going through the different floors. There's like anywhere from 15 to 20 floors for each dungeon. Okay. Um, and as you open up these little orbs, you unlock buildings, people, shops, trees, rivers, whatever it might be. And then once you exit the dungeon, you go back and essentially recreate the village that once was. That's pretty cool. And what's most addicting about this game, I found personally, is... Once you kind of place the townspeople in their homes, you go and talk to them and figure out um, what else they need for their building to essentially recreate it to its its fullest form. So if you're talking to, to a, a shop owner, he's going to need a sign. He's going to need barrels. He's going to need whatever he needs. Okay. Um, so, when you're placing buildings and stuff, is it like a grid style
0: pattern? Or yeah, how does so that work?
1: You kind of like press a button on your controller and it takes you to like a bird's eye view of the village. Mm-hmm. And then, then you kind of have this inventory of items and buildings and stuff. And each building has like anywhere from three to six little slots where you essentially place um, the people, the, the logs, the towers, the whatever belongs to that building to to restore it to its original form, essentially. that's kind of cool. But what's also fun is you can talk to them and ask, like, how would you suggest, not only should I build your house, but how do I recreate the village itself? And they'll tell you where they want to be strategically placed in the town. So it really becomes this almost like sim building thing to kind of create the ideal version of the village. Mm -hmm. So It makes them seem more alive. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, well, I prefer to be near the fountain so I can, you know, get water for... Um, making food or whatever, or mm-hmm. do laundry or whatever. So, so that, in that sense, it's really fun. But, um, you know, it's an RPG in the sense that, um, and it's also unique and not like most in, um, in that you don't actually level up your character. You don't have experience points necessarily for, for your actual character. You actually upgrade your weapons. So it kind of borrow not borrows, I guess it may be dark souls borrowed from, from, uh, dark cloud, Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> you you get different weapons and you actually level them up, they get experience as you kill enemies, and then you can essentially plus one the, the yeah. weapon up no, it's to, a, it's a cool mechanic up to, plus whatever. And you also have like elemental um, attributes that you can attach to the weapon, too, like fire, water, wind, mm. thunder, whatever it might be. Um, so that's kind of what I found to be most addicting. You know, you go into these dungeons. And you essentially level up your weapons. You restore the town to its original glory by finding all of these, these uh, you know, things. But a word of caution, you know, this game, I've kind of really talked it up, but I do kind of have, a, have, have need to have a caveat here that it's not for everyone. I'd really say this game um, is for a particular audience because there are some gameplay uh, choices that some might find... Um, very uh what's the word I'm looking for? Archaic by, by today's standards because um, you yeah. actually have a thirst meter. So you have to take it into a context of when it was actually created. Yeah. So like when I played Ocarina of Time, I realized that it didn't compare to the games that I was currently playing. Yeah, of course. In two thousand twelve. Yeah. And so if you enjoy older style games, I think, you know, this might be up your alley, but just just know that you have a thirst meter. So you have to make sure you, you're well stocked with water before you go into dungeons or once your thirst runs out, your your health will start depleting, and then also kind of the the, the big um, thing that might deter people is that your weapons actually break as well. Um, although if you've played Breath of the Wild or even Oblivion, that that happens too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, what's nice is that you can actually you know stock up on repair powders as well, so that your weapons don't break entirely. Um, yeah. But again, there just are some archaic. Design choices that um, you need to be mindful of before you play this game, um, but kind of going a little bit deeper into some of the other things about the game that I love is just the music. You know, in RPGs, that's that's one of the best things about these types of games, yeah. and I feel like there's some really spectacular music in this this game in particular. Um, really, the, the, the first village, the opening village, just has this really peaceful, almost like folk like music to it that's just really just charming mm-hmm. and then you go into a dungeon it's like almost more of like an ancient egyptian aztec type theme um that's cool but yeah all the themes i think are very well um adapted to the environment that you're in you know you go into this old owl forest that's kind of has a nice little forest vibe to it um so on and so forth um difficulty i haven't really had much issue i think the hardest part is just again kind of managing the the little systems in the game, so your health, yeah. your weapons breaking, and things like that. Um, the story again, you're, you're essentially trying to restore all the villages. There's like six of them to their original form, and eventually defeating the dark genie. Um, so how far uh, into about your 30, restoration? I'm about 35 hours in. Um, I'm on the fourth location, okay, and uh, I'm hoping to finish it up next week to kind of wrap up my my gameplay impressions, um, but. It was funny because, you know, I talked about the Third Age being compared to Final Fantasy earlier. This was originally advertised as a Zelda killer, which mm. really doesn't have any similarities to Zelda other than the fact that Toen, the main character, actually kind of looks like Link from... Um, he has very pointy features like Link did His facial Zelda. features look very similar to Link from, I would say, like maybe Twilight Princess, sort of. Um, if Twilight Princess came out in like the year 2000 on the PS2... It kind of <laughs> yeah, like it, okay. he definitely looks a little bit younger or whatever. Yeah. Um, and also his voice, like when he's fighting characters and when you come one on one, it's like, you know, it's third person. Yeah. view. When you come across like uh, a bat or whatever, the lock on system and the way the character moves and strikes the enemy with his sword is very reminiscent of Zelda. And he also he's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, he like makes noises very much in the same way as Link would. <laughs> <It> scared me. <laughs> I probably scared the listeners, too. I'm sorry.
0: Jeez. Oh, uh, my gosh.
1: But uh, Dude, but yeah, I no, I'm really that. enjoying Dark Cloud. And the second one came out as well, I think, just a few years after the first. And uh, apparently it improved upon just about every aspect of the game. So I'm looking forward to playing that. But I'll probably give it like a, a year or so before yeah. I, I play it. Just because I, I don't want to burn out and I definitely don't want to taint... Uh, my love for the first one that i have now so yeah really enjoying dark cloud i definitely would recommend all of you guys to give it a try on on definitely try on ps4 if you have one because um, it's pretty cheap and graphically it looks better and you can have trophy support if not you can get on ps2 for less than 10 bucks but definitely highly recommended but with that said let's go ahead and get into listener questions so we got two questions this week travis coming in strong as he usually does writing into the show and uh another good question too so let's open up travis's questions here first. He says, hi there, Rusty and Ryan, and Lauren, if you are making regular guest appearances. Not this time, Travis. Maybe next time. Yeah,
0: she's quarantined.
1: Still playing Hollow Knight. It's huge. Also, to answer your question from the last podcast, I'm a Wally fan. I found this only enjoyable, though. I found it's only enjoyable, though, if I'm in a particular mood. The blatant messages of environmental care and consumerism aside, it's really more of a movie about childlike discovery, and you have to be in the right mindset for it. I find it's enjoyable for me if life is particularly stressful because it helps me calm down and see the big picture. If I'm feeling pretty chill, uh, it's kind of boring. So, yes. Thank you for running in, Travis, and giving us feedback on that. I do want to watch Wally e again. Um, I don't know. The first time I watched it, I got about halfway through, and I kind of fell asleep. So that's kind of in- indicative of my mind. My... It really kept your interest. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, I don't know. What I just need to
0: start watching yeah, it. Because seen... I've only seen commercials, and it looked like it would be a normal Pixar movie. Yeah. Um, and just for checking the box of watching all Pixar movies. I need to see it. Yeah. I, I mean, just, I didn't see uh, Toy Story Three for the
1: longest time. I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah. I didn't see it until like my mom bought it for me for like Christmas. Which yeah. is crazy. It was like crazy to me. Yeah, my RA from college had it on a external hard drive and he's like, hey here. I feel like there was just a time like in college where I just didn't see movies. And which is crazy. Yeah, because cause they're like thirty bucks. Well and we had a like uh we had a movie theater like where we were that was super cheap. But like yeah. I just uh I don't know. Like, I just never made time for it. Plus, there was a time when I was in college I didn't have a car up there. You know, whatever. But, like, um, I never saw – I didn't see any of the Hobbit movies in theaters. Yeah, we saw them with uh, Tim and Matt when they were still here. Okay. So you saw all three. For the
0: first two, we saw with them. And then,
1: yeah. Okay. Um, You finally saw them, though, right? Yes, I have them all. The extended editions, and I've watched them. And I actually – despite most people's opinion, I actually love them quite a bit. Okay. Um, are they great? No. Are they Lord of the Rings original trilogy? Absolutely not. But I I really did enjoy. What do you that. give them? Um, I mean the last one I think is absolutely phenomenal. I mean I think that final that arc where you know they're fighting is just yeah. That's like a nine five for me. Wow. Um, but like some of the other movies and how they're drawn out, I would say like seven ish seven five. Okay. Um, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. I mean I think. A lot of people didn't like the liberties that, liberties that they took. I actually enjoyed Legolas doing. I this don't thing. care. Put
0: more Legolas in everything. Yeah,
1: like I really loved that seeing his dad and just that them kind of having these disagreements and stuff like that. I thought it was fantastic and bringing um uh. Evangeline, his eyes
0: changed though. Yeah, I that think was
1: context. That was weird. A little strange, but mm-hmm. um, having Evangeline Lily as like an elf and yeah, she fell in love the with the, the Lost dwarves. Girl. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I, I mean. Whatever or the wasp or whatever she is now. Yeah, she's a million things. She's kind of her career's kind of taken off. But um, yeah, it started at a low point with Lost. Yeah, it really Seven did. seasons. We can only go up from here. <laughs> yeah, what a crappy show that was. No one liked that. No, I love Lost. Uh, any excuse I get to mention or talk about Lost, I will. Um, but okay, so it was funny because I remember you and Lauren were were kind of uh. Late bloomers to the to the Lost show. You guys didn't watch until college.
0: Well, I originally I think it was back in eighth grade. I like this girl, and she had, she's like, hey, um, I watch I watch a show, and I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And um, she it was a show. She she's watched like, a she's show. She's a special girl. Yeah, How'd you let no, her get away? It, it, there was a lot of bond there. With but like I watched the first episode, and there was like a plane crash, and then there was like a polar bear, and they're in a the jungle, and I had no idea what was going on. And then by, like, episode three, I was like, hey, are they – and then I guessed kind of the entire premise for the entire series.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. Like, But, like – I still don't yeah. feel like there's a definitive explanation for the show.
0: No, I, I've, I've
1: watched all seasons or, like, every episode, and I still don't <laughs> – Yeah, I mean, I went on, you know, line. and yeah. I mean, I've gone through the show, I think, three times now. And I've read multiple wikis, kind of, you know, further explaining some of the plot points and Mm -hmm. mysteries behind the show. And and there's still stuff that I think the creators really leave a lot to interpretation, which I think is good. Yeah, I
0: think it would take me like two times or three times total watching through the entire thing to really pick up on stuff.
1: Yeah, and I'd like to go through it again. You know, it's funny because... Like, the Dharma stuff and, like, seeing it. Yeah, there's just a lot there. I almost said DARPA, which is very different. No. <laughs> yeah. We have the government creating weapons. No, but... um, island. It was funny because, you know, like, part of me wishes that I was like you and Lauren, that I could just binge through the entire show. But then at the same... Because it was excruciating to wait week to week. Because I watched every episode from pilot to final episode live. Uh-huh. Um, or DVR or whatever. But I remember... Just rushing to lunch every day in like sixth, seventh grade, and just talking with one of my buddies, Trevor, about it every single day, and just dissecting the entire episode. And like, I think there's something special about seeing something when it's when it's first out because then the hype around it is just so real. Yeah, um, well, because but-
0: everyone's talking about it. Like even the Walking Dead, you have like what is it? The Walking Dead show after the Walking Dead, Talking Dead. Well, there's that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I know you're talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I watched that originally when it was coming out. That, that was a huge thing. There was a lot of hype.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, definitely. And uh, another show that I'm kind of glad I waited for because um, it just would have been really difficult to wait week to week as well was Breaking Bad. And so when I was on my internship, I binged through like four and a half. I think there's six seasons. So I binged through like the first five and then I watched the last season as it aired, which I wouldn't have had any other way because um, that would have been really tough to wait week to week as well. Yeah, um, I know. Lauren and I saw the finale when it came out. Yeah, and
0: uh, we were in my dorm room with Rick, and oh, it was exciting—just how they wrapped it up and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it's super special. I think, in my opinion, it's the best ending to a TV show I've ever seen. Um, the wow. last ten to fifteen minutes, I think, is some of the best TV I've Not ever. Not how watched. I met your mother. I've never even watched that show. Okay. I heard it's really bad. I heard too. <laughs> I, well, I, heard, I heard the show is okay. It's,
0: a lot of people love it's it. It's the fin- season or f- er, series finale. Yeah, that the last sucks. episode was not very good.
1: <laughs> that they had um, to like remake it. And it's tough, for especially for a show that was how that, that show was like nine seasons long. Like, how do you mm-hmm. wrap something like that up? Um, but I feel like Breaking Bad, they literally tied every knot together and there was nothing left up to interpretation. Did you see all of Friends? Yes. Did it wrap up well? I thought so. I, I've never seen every episode. So yeah. I don't no, I think it's good. Okay. Um, but then there's shows like that '70s show that I feel like just overstay their welcome, and then yeah, I never really Topher got into Grace, that. Ah, uh, I love that '70s show. Early early seasons are great. Yeah. Um, but you know, getting back to like what we were talking about, waiting for shows to come out. I think I'm just going to wait until Game of Thrones is all released at this point because mm-hmm. I haven't started, and I feel like that's a show where I just need to take like a week off of work and just watch all of it
0: oh easily yeah yeah because in college i did like three seasons in two days i did go to class because i was a good student and yeah. i did oh, do all my sure. homework but i just didn't
1: sleep a lot and it was totally worth it i mean
0: yeah. there's the mother of
1: dragons come on yeah no it's it's everything about that show i want to to watch but uh speaking of uh, things that are completely unrelated to things uh because we totally went off a tr- yeah. <laughs> completely derailed there. So, sorry, Travis. Um, he said, I thought of a few fun questions. How far did in the question? Did we even get into the question? <laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> we did not. Uh, he said, I thought of a few fun questions that seem... All right. I thought of a few questions that seemed fun. Okay, I thought he said fun twice, but I'm just struggling to read today.
0: That's right.
1: Number one, Kingdom Hearts is such an interesting mashup of Final Fantasy and Disney, two entities that would otherwise seem unlikely to meld together. Are there any other unlikely mashups you'd love to see played out in a movie or video game. Um, so for me, I'll go quickly because I, I know you have a, a little bit of a list. Um, there's really only one that I can think of that I'll I'd, go quickly. Cause I have one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, no, yeah. The, the one that I'm thinking of um, maybe before I talk about that, I'll talk about some of the mashups that I do love. So like Marvel versus Capcom, I think is really cool. I think it's an excellent fighting game. Um, the first two, at least in the arcades were great um, and on the Dreamcast, I didn't, I got the third one actually, I have like the limited edition on Xbox 360 with like this literally really amazing steel case. The artwork on that's fantastic. But um, the game itself isn't really great. Um, what other crossovers are really fun? Of course, Kingdom Hearts. Smash. S- Smash Brothers. I mean, that's like the definitive video game crossover. I mean, that's mm-hmm. everything you could ever dream of. Um, but the one that I- I'm kind of thinking of... Um, it really just takes what something that already exists and kind of putting another name on it. So I actually really enjoy the Hitman games, um, particularly the the PS2 games earlier on. I didn't, I haven't played. Um, I played Absolution, I guess the newer one, but I haven't played the the one on PS4 and Xbox One. Um, but I would love to see a John Wick Hitman game. Yes, because um, I feel like that movie is. Well, Keanu Reeves is great, but I. Keanu Reeves was just so perfect for that role, and those movies are so great. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, like, essentially born on speed. Like, it's just yeah. a much more intense The newborns. Have you seen the newest Bourne? I didn't see the one that's, like, literally called Jason Bourne. I watched, like, half of it, which I was enjoying, but I think Laura and I were watching it really late at night, and I ended up falling asleep or something. Okay. Was it any good? It was good. Yeah, I did enjoy it. Okay. Um, so I did that's not, the one with Matt Damon
0: when he returns. He returns. I
1: did not see the one with Jeremy Renner, which was, like – not very well received, I don't think. Um, but of course, Ultimatum, yeah. Identity, uh, Supremacy—those are, are fantastic movies, yeah. so good. Um, but yeah, so John Wick, Hitman game—I think that'd be incredible. Do you see the uh, Hitman movie? Oh, that's garbage. Yeah, but it's it's a lot of like guy stuff. Yeah, I mean it's like actiony. Like, I mean it's not going for plot, obviously. Yeah, I mean we could talk about video game movies. Like, there's some. I do
0: want to see the Assassin's Creed one.
1: Yeah, I do, because Michael, uh, uh, Michael Fassbender. What, Magneto's Magneto's in is in it? Magneto's um, in it. Yeah, I heard okay things. I, I also really want to see Tomb Raider. Um, mm. I heard that was a pretty good fun action movie. Yeah. Um, I actually do really love the Resident Evil movies. Um, I've never seen any of them. There's a lot of them. They're actually... I've also never played any of the games, so... Yeah, I mean, it's a series you probably want to play. I mean, I haven't played a ton of installments in the, the video games, but... I'm, I'm, it's a bunch of zombies, though. I'm kind of zombied out. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I think we should co-op either Resident Evil Five or, or 6. we still have to finish Resistance. I know we, we do. We'll
0: just finish. We'll check the box on the first one because that is so <laughs> freaking difficult. It was stupidly like, hard. Oh my
1: gosh, I can fill you in on the plot. Yeah, and then we we'll just stop I like literally was trying to skip cutscenes every time we were playing I know we the like, first cutscene really, of the game No, you need to hear why this guy is like in the army and he's like special and I'm dude, I I don't I don't you care. You skip the first just, one that was all the exposition on what is happening. I just want to shoot these weirdo alien things. Let's just just go. Um Yeah, we need to play through those. But uh Wow, we are derailing like crazy today.
0: We have a uh, No, no, you were you got to I answered. Answer the, him. I answered the first question. So, you and Mashups go. Okay, so I'm thinking uh Mario and Luigi, um either partnering up or a Waluigi
1: and Wario, right? Okay, they, first of all, I have to correct you. So, there already are a series of games called Mario and Luigi. They're turn-based RPGs, speaking of RPGs, that are Really? Oh yeah. So, the first game, Superstar Saga, is incredible on the Game Boy Advance. You need to get it. Um, it was remade for the 3DS, but I think they changed the graphical style, mm-hmm. which is garbage. You don't want to do that because the original graphics were amazing. The writing in those games is, like, Saturday night, Saturday night Live-worthy. How do you RPG a Mario game? Dude, Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Stars, or whatever. That was, like, a Super Nintendo game back in the day. That was, like... Legend of the Stars. It's, like, really intense. yeah. <laughs> But Jeez. no, like uh, well, you paper, like level paper Mario, paper Mario in the Thousand Year Door. Paper Mario is an RPG. I never, I never played that. Yeah, dude. There's tons of Mario RPGs. It's stupid, actually. Can you level up Mario? Yeah, dude. You gotta get you gotta <laughs> you gotta get Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Bowser's Inside yeah. Story on the DS is fun. Um, I also played Luigi's Dream Team. I mean, that's my my 3DS is like literally the Mario and Luigi 3DS. It came with a, a downloadable copy of that game. Um, that game was. St- stupidly long and it was like i played it for like 35 hours and apparently there was like another 15 to 20 hours to play and i'm like listen i you guys are stretched stretching this out way too much but um the first one play superstar saga it's amazing and the writing is genius okay yeah then i'll have to play through that
0: yeah i was surprised when i was looking at neo it's actually a 70 hour game is it really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and I'm just running around looting things, so it's gonna be like 120. It's hour gonna game. be a oblivion
1: playthrough, kind of. See, that's that's tough for me because like my my even with dark cloud now, it's kind of like a little bit pushing it. Like my ideal is like 25 to like 35 for like um, an RPG. Like Bloodborne is 40 hours. Oh, I spent like 80 hours in Bloodborne. Yeah, ha- so, happily, happily. Okay, so. think the equivalent of that okay that's fine i guess it's not like a drawn out let's like milk this for all it's worth yeah and that's that's what's important if you're introducing new gameplay mechanics and things like that throughout the game the story is yeah at least worth playing through then then you're fine i think yeah most definitely Uh, my second one would be halo and
0: detroit um so detroit is that newer game where you have a bunch of
1: like options and the AI kind of go rogue. Yeah, I think so, it was made by uh, the same people. I want to say it was made by the same people who did Heavy Rain, which is like a. I,
0: that sounds your choices right. in the
1: game are very much dictate where the story goes. Yeah, type of thing. Um, so I'm, Phonic I'm, Dream, I think, is the name. I, don't, sure, don't gonna, quote me on that. Don't quote me on that.
0: Um, so Cartana kind of going rogue, which is essentially. What she does. It would be cool to see her in that kind of world. Or like even like a turn-based Halo, like where you have different options.
1: I would like to see that. I mean, we have Halo um, RTS, like strategy, real-time strategy game. Can you be- imagine like a Halo upgrading Wars.
0: Halo guns and things? That would be pretty That would be cool. Like I'd an RPG? Yeah. yeah. I'd be down for that. I'd be totally game for that. Um, my next one, it's was already a thing and then copyright infringement. Seems to exist. So it was Minecraft and Pokemon. So you had PokeMobs previously, um, but he got taken down from Nintendo. Um, It's just, it's a cool concept. Um, It's kind of where I want Pokemon to go, Mm -hmm. which we kind of talked to previously, just an open world where you can actually see stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, And then the next would be Pokemon and Horizon or Pokemon Bloodborne or Pokemon Halo. I would love
1: to see like just a really darkly grotesque, like, Gengar, like, boss that's, like, melded with, like, other weirdo Pokemon. Yeah, just think of how terrifying, like, you come around the corner and you have,
0: like, this robot Mewtwo in, like, his armor or, like, you have... I mean, all those things are stupidly ugly. Yeah. Like, if you put them into realistic, like, in deviant art or on uh, Pinterest, if you search realistic
1: Pokemon... They're gross. You sent me some today. and I did. I did send you some today. Some of Instagram. them were cool. Like I loved Onyx and Meowth was, I guess, kind of cute. Uh, but yeah, the Gengar one was just like, Ugh. I mean, haunting. I mean, not to, you know, it was, it was really weird looking. Yeah. If you look at Haunter as well.
0: It's, yeah. Oh, it's just.
1: They're really, freaky. Yeah.
0: Um. So that would be cool. And then Horizon, just kind of a post-apocalyptic. Because essentially Pokemon was, they had like a Pokemon war. So that's where like all the guys are dead. Right there, you don't see a lot of male characters in Pokemon. Right? Oh, yeah, because a lot of people died in. I mean, even Lieutenant Surge was a lieutenant in the Pokemon kind of army. Okay, I need so. to read up in the, the lore of Pokemon, <laughs> yeah. apparently. So, I think a post apocalyptic, and it's post apocalyptic because the Pokemon War took place. That'd be pretty, and it was pretty sweet. It was basically the everything was bombed based off of Pokemon moves and things back to oblivion. And uh, that would be kind of a cool setting for
1: Pokemon. I'd be down for that. That sounds yeah. cool. So those those are your mashup mashups? Yeah, I just have four. <clears throat> okay, so question number two. He says, "Are either of you two readers? What have you been reading? Are there any books or series you'd love to play as a video game?" Uh, so for me, <coughs> you know, being in college for for five years with my masters, I was so tired of like reading, you know, college textbooks that the last thing I want to do is pick up a book. And same thing, you know, after I graduated, I was studying for my CPA exam. I just did not want to of a book. Uh, mostly it was just like reading video game magazines, honestly. Um, but, uh, you know, recently when Laura and I went to Colorado for vacation, I uh, she had recently bought me Ahsoka, or it's not Ahsoka Tana, it's literally just called Ahsoka. It's basically just a novel kind of um, diving deeper into Ahsoka Tana's story between kind of Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope uh, before she kind of makes her debut into the Star Wars Rebels TV series. And so it's really, really pretty interesting um, how they kind of really kind of go deeper into her character and where she's at emotionally having her essentially, um, not a apprentice, but her master, her master, of course, Anakin going to the dark side, becoming Vader and rising to power. She's kind of really trying to find herself and really her place in the galaxy. And so she kind of goes to like this remo- remote, planet and is essentially just trying to, to find her way, really figuring out like, do I continue practicing, you know, with the force, um, I don't know. It's it's really fun. The opening kind of prologue to the story is um, all I will say is that Maul, Darth Maul is involved and it's really pretty epic. But uh, I'm looking forward to finishing that. Um, and Can you imagine th- like a Force Unleashed with Ahsoka Tana? That'd be amazing. I mean, I, yeah. So speaking of, you know, books that I'd want to become a video game, I would love to play a game centered around Ahsoka. Yeah. I mean, she's probably my favorite character in Star Wars, um, more so when she becomes Fulcrum Ahsoka Tana with... Yeah. Um, she's essentially like a rogue user of the Force, as I would describe it, with the, her white lightsaber. She's not really dark or light. And uh, I think it's... That's, yeah, both
0: our favorite character are both where we saw ourselves on the spectrum.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that's really pretty cool. Um, as far as other books or series, you know, I'd really love to go through the the Chronicles of Narnia books. Lauren, and I have a really nice kind of set of those. Lord of the Rings, I'd like to read through those, and The Hobbit again. Game of Thrones, um, nothing too out of the... Uh, Nothing too crazy. I am a huge science fiction guy, though. Um, Ray Bradbury is actually one of my favorite authors. Um, Something wicked this way comes. He has some other ones as well that I'd like to to read, um, and maybe some just old school science fiction. I'd really like to. Yeah, my uh, my new boss because my old one got replaced or, <laughs> or moved. <laughs> Probably because he had his uh, uh, he our logo sick of me. our logo of the podcast as his like <laughs> yeah. photo at work. Yeah.
0: So he's become cooler, so I'm going to probably up him to, like, a 1.7. Yeah. Good
1: good for Ryan.
0: Yeah, I I threw him under the bus on something to my new boss on Friday, so I have to improve his score. Um, He reads a lot of science fiction or, like, fantasy stuff. Oh, get some recommendations for him. Yeah, I'll definitely ask him to see if he has any recommendations because
1: he reads, like, one a week. Yeah, I mean, some people are, like, huge readers. I mean, like, especially if people have Kindles, I mean... People just blaze through books like we blaze through video games, which is really saying something.
0: Yeah, I, I'm i a very slow reader. Or I like to take my time and, yeah,
1: digest. That things. makes sense, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what about you? So, um... I'd I, encourage everyone to take a nap. Just yeah. For the next, like, five
0: minutes. Yeah, so, um, usually, I, coming out of college, there was a lot of textbooks. I didn't really change. I don't really read a lot of fun books. Um, usually... I want to learn something. He likes punishing himself is what he's trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. So I I do enjoy learning from textbooks. Um, I do read a lot of like random religious texts uh, just across all the spectrums to kind of understand people. um, And then also like info and strategy books. Um, What I've been reading lately is um, peer reviewed essays. So. I've been reading about ghrelin, uh, quasars, and cosmological redshift. Um, What the (laughs) hell does that even mean? So, uh, yeah, ghrelin is a hormone that makes you hungry. Quasars are um, giant, like black holes that are like a million times the mass of the sun that have um, an accretion disk of basically plasma, and they shoot like these death rays. Of energy, which is pretty cool. And then uh, cosmological redshift is basically the stretching of the wavelength of light and radiation between farther objects opposed to closer objects. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows that. So like it's basically... Did I learn that in first grade? (laughs) Yeah. It's like the shift of the uh, visible light spectrum based off of things further away. Um, Yeah. So I... Besides that, I'm kind of trying to move into actual books Because I have an empty bookshelf and reading articles online doesn't fill up that bookshelf. So I got a uh, Robert Greene book. It's called The 38 Laws of Power. Um, I mean, if you look at How to Make Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, it's similar to that, um, but it goes, it takes a different route. It's more ruthless than that, I'd, I'd say. So it looks at like laws and the strategy of gaining and holding social power. And they kind of go into like a couple thousand years worth of examples. Um, It kind of takes psychology and helps understand people. And like one of the examples that they're going into was like, don't screw over your master or like the person who you're in charge of. Yeah. And, um, I guess I did not go into it. Basically, this uh, finance minister was like, "Yeah, I'm going to throw a party for this king to show him that I deserve a higher position of power." And the king, King Louis the Fourteenth, took that as a challenge and took it. The people liked him more, and he ended up throwing him into solitary confinement for the rest of his life, as one does. So, and then the new finance minister that he promoted through really boring parties <laughs> so like well that's lame <laughs> yeah I thought the story was funny. gonna get better no 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 but it like then they show you like a leonardo da vinci kind of example of how he went about the same kind of um trying to gain the same kind of influence but he went a different way kind of to appease opposed to show up okay um so like after that in my queue is another Robert Greene book. It's The Art of Seduction. So seduction isn't always necessarily like a sexual thing. Usually like in social situations, we seduce our friends, we seduce like in any industries, there's always some level of seduction when it comes to um, conversation. So just kind of looking into that in the social realm. And then the third one um, sounds kind of harsh. It's the 33 Strategies of War. So it's a guide to the uh, uh, the subtle social game of everyday life informed by military principles. Um, so,
1: yeah. Yeah, so I just want people to know, like, Calm down. I just ordered Ryan 32 comic books. Uh, so he's going to like start reading normal things again. I uh, got Calvin and Hobbes. Got his favorite superhero, Batman. Ugh. Some Spider-Man. I got all kinds of good stuff in there. The Walking Dead. Got the Hobbit graphic novel. He's going to have some good times moving forward. So um, no, no more of this like... <laughs>
0: Unlimited power.
1: 38 million laws of whatever the heck.
0: Yeah. No, I... Yeah. I read some dull stuff, I guess, to most people, but... I find it to be interesting. Um, So as far as that translating to a video game, I don't know how well that would translate. Sleeping simulator. Yeah. Yeah. That could work. I mean, 48 Laws of Power is basically a sleeping (laughs) simulator. I see it more as like an Emperor Palpatine kind of simulator. Unlimited power, you know. Do it. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, So like as far as textbooks translating... Um, like a biology textbook one game that i really liked was spore okay Um, that's yeah it's fair so kind of going throughout the evolution of creatures so going from like you go from like a a prokaryote or like a single-celled organism to a eukaryote or a multi-celled organism and then kind of gaining different attributes as you gain mass and go through your ages and then you go into like Gain a civilization or tribe and then whatever. I think stretching that out, I mean, most of the games that I really find fascinating, kinda of like the civilization games, is where you progress from like sticks and tool like rocks to Bronze Age, to Iron Age, to the Renaissance, to High Renaissance, Industrial Revolution, where you can see the progression over time.
1: You really do need to play Empire Earth. It's it's a really great old yeah. school PC game where you start out as cavemen and eventually um, you're like cyborgs, mm-hmm. um, you're like robots, and you, it's it's very similar to the um, to like Battlefront: Middle Earth in the sense that you can have multiple um, civilizations on on the map, and you essentially build up your empire and go kill them. Um, but it's just I, I mean I love 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 those types of games. Um, a civilization I never really got into just because I don't like the board game structure of the game it's just it's kind of off-putting for me i kind of just like having that view of your map and it's just beginning to end until the other people are crushed yeah and uh, that's what i like most i like crushing my
0: enemies yes (laughs) that's why i'm reading 33 strategies of war (laughs) okay next segment (laughs) when i eventually take over the world um wow this podcast will be listened to all my subjects (laughs) by all my subjects (laughs) (laughs) okay taking a dark turn yeah uh the other one is kind of a it's the book is the necronomicon it's a lovecraft book that kind of goes into short stories of i mean of monsters essentially so i think like a supernatural even like supernatural as a game like the tv show um on netflix yeah but it's you're just hunting different monsters besides like vampires and things it's There are these really abstract kind of stories and creatures. I mean, going from like tiny things that you would be afraid in your closet to things that like devour universes. So that's kind of a colossal difference. Yeah. Two vastly different sides of the spectrum. But I
1: think that would be a cool kind of hunting creatures. I mean, I don't know how it would be set up, but it'd be cool. So basically, the the moral to this story, folks, is that I need to read more and Ryan needs to read different things. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. But enough about books. We need to get into the main topic of the episode, which is role-playing games, a genre that Ryan and I uh, probably find, uh, it's probably our favorite, honestly, in all video games, I think. Uh, yeah, I
0: think go, I went through all my PS4 games that I have. And most of them are RPGs.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's a genre that's you know well loved uh, among the video game audience uh, for good reason. And so I kind of want to open this up by basically just saying that um, Ryan and I aren't going to get into the minutia of what is an is and is not an RPG because I think the definition has really been obscured over the years, especially with games like. You know, Zelda has really incorporated some RPG type mechanics that you would typically see. God um, of War as well. Yeah. And so like, we're not going to get into like... It's a philosophy question at this point. Yeah. We're not going to get into it. So we're just going to To be kind of,
0: or not to be an RPG. Yeah. It's just
1: not <laughs> worth, you know, arguing about or debating. So if Ryan talks about Zelda as an action RPG, I'm not going to get mad because, I mean, it technically is Breath of the Wild, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um but so really what we're going to kind of do is just talk about the first RPG we played, um our first experience and and when we maybe even knew that we were playing this thing called like an RPG. Um like when did we have that kind of realization? And then we're going to kind of get into what about maybe that particular game and just the genre itself that we love so much. What what, what makes it so appealing? And then get into each of the subgenres. So we're just going to kind of go down the list for not all because again the definition is becoming obscure, so it's tough to even classify the different subgenres. But we're going to be like a very high level. These are our favorite games in each of those subgenres, and then these are some of the games that we would like to hopefully play in the future. And certainly I think this is a great, um like, sparking discussion amongst the kind of listeners. So if you do have recommendations or questions please write into the next episode. I think it'd be a lot of fun to, one, I'm always looking for new RPG recommendations, new or old. Yes. Um, so if you have them, feel free to write in. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, with that being said, Ryan, why don't you kind of talk about the first RPG you played and maybe when you had that realization that you were playing a, a role-playing game.
0: So I think the R- first RPG that I played was the Lord of the Rings um, Return of the King on Game Boy Advance. Really? Yes. Are you sure about that? Probably. You, from the sound of your voice, you're thinking of something else. Did you play Pokemon before that?
1: Probably.
0: Yeah, I guess it would be Pokemon first. Okay. I don't actually. I don't know what order. If I play, I might have played Lord of the Rings. before.
1: uh No way. I mean, I'm Return questioning the King my life now. Return of the King didn't come Where out was like I? <laughs> 2003 or four. Okay. And so, I'm assuming
0: you had a game. Yeah. No. Okay. So then I guess my first would be Pokemon hated pokemon garbage um, it's the worst no um yeah i guess that's the first kind of turn based um it's not a game that people would think like i d- I never really oh, think my of first that.
1: rpg was morrowind or something you know i like, usually
0: think of things with like a loot system for an rpg opposed to like a final fantasy turn based as like an rpg yeah i mean well i mean take i mean they're both technically RPGs. Yeah. But uh I had to Google for this what an RPG was because and watch gosh like five or six YouTube videos trying to explain what an RPG is. It's, and it's just a hodgepodge of nonsense.
1: Yeah, it's just not they worth... they all said different things. Of course they did. Yeah. I mean yeah. it's 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 really tough to kind of hone in on any particular definition. But so kind of when you were playing Pokemon, I guess, what version did you have? We kind of talked about this maybe in episode three. When yeah. We, but um, but what version did you have and what about that game did you love so much? So I had blue version
0: and, I mean, Pokemon was kind of my main draw to that in whatever form it took, um, as long as I could feel like I owned Pokemon. Yeah. And I, that kind of progressing into Pokemon Go was cool to see for us because mm-hmm. um, it felt even more like we owned Pokemon. Yeah. Um. The turn-based, I didn't know anything other than turn-based for Pokemon, so it was cool. Yeah. Um, I definitely felt like I was going to become a Pokemon master.
1: Of course. Um, I and then could... those dreams were shattered when you uh, went to college and figured out that they did not have... Yeah, it's not a degree at <laughs> any accredited colleges. No.
0: <laughs> Maybe like a liberal arts college, yeah. but uh, yeah, not where I went. So that was unfortunate. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed Pokemon. Um, I guess then, next, is Lord of the Rings Return of the King, which got into a different type of RPG. Mm-hmm. So that got into the more loot-based, and it was less turn... It wasn't turn-based at all. It was just kind of going through dungeons or going through the storyline and playing as, like, Aragorn, Legolas, and all the characters from that, uh, the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a lot of fun. I really liked... or That's kind of where I first got into the loot, um, getting to upgrade and customize and f- get my character, my Legolas, up to the best Legolas that he could be. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted to be the very best. Yes, the that best there ever, ever was. was. Yep. <laughs> so, um, which I learned in my previous RPG was a thing. Yeah. Or a thing we wanted to quest for. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And that, that kind of progressed into RuneScape. And RuneScape is the, actually the first time I heard of RPG. Mm-hmm. But it's an MMO RPG. And that's what led to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. With then I had withdrawals. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Many late nights. Um, where is it? <laughs> yeah. No, I um I really liked RuneScape, but that kind of Instead of following a quest of, like, a character from a TV show or from a movie, it got into, I was my own character. Yeah. um, Which is potentially more dangerous. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I become, you almost become the character more so than, like, trying to morph into, like, Aragorn. Yeah. Which is probably your day-to-day go-to. Yes, I am Um, (laughs) Aragorn. That's how I identify. Um you making your own character that you can go through a world and essentially create in a cooler world where there's like dragons and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you can make them to be whatever you want. And I think that's you know maybe getting into why we what's what makes these so appealing is especially with a game like Runescape or Skyrim, it, the escapist mentality is is more real because. When you play a game like Lord of the Rings, um, you know, you become Aragorn. It's still fun. It's mindless. But, like, when you play a game like Skyrim, it's like this person, whether his name is, like, I don't know, Hildir H- Haldir, I think is what I him. None of, of my characters. Skyrim
0: names are appropriate for this podcast. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But whether his name is, like,
1: Haldir or uh, Titus or yeah. or Rusty, you know, my name, you know, you completely kind of get engrossed in this experience. Yeah. Um, you are Dovahkiin. Dovahkiin. Uh, but no maybe so take a step back for me uh, my first experience playing RPGs was with Pokemon Red I got it when I was I want to say four or five uh, I really I, I, I think you were that young yeah oh yeah my, my parents started me young <laughs> <laughs> man I, I was holding the NES controller when I came out the womb <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh, ugh <laughs>
0: what doctor sanctioned that one because that sounds he lost his license after that yeah
1: <laughs> Um, no, what is it? It's not disbarred because that's law. What is it? You're... I have no idea. Okay, never mind. Just um, keep going. <laughs> but in any case, so I remember getting my I, – I do distinctly remember because I went into my dad's office where he had like the boxes for the system and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, So I, I can recollect like walking into the office, opening the, the cabinets and seeing oh. my teal Game Boy Color box and my – version of Pokemon Red, the box, which it's so unfortunate that I no longer have either of those. Um, I'm not going to get into that story, but um, you know, I remember popping in Pokemon Red and vividly not knowing Remember, remember not knowing where to go, and so I was just lost in my room playing my NES on my TV. Yeah, I remember you saying that for um, and not the first knowing episode. that I needed to walk down the stairs for the journey to begin. So it took a while for that to actually happen. Well, that's what happens when you give a four year old <laughs> Pokemon, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I eventually, you know, going to school, talking to my friends at lunch,
0: <laughs> Can you imagine how? You bullied, you were like, dude, I've got a Charizard, level 45. Dude, how, why am I on this, in this little box? I, where do I go? Dude, there's stairs right there. Clear, have you not, I mean, you have a box. You've been playing this game for two weeks. Have you just not tried My going My playtime in- was
1: like nine and a half hours before I even left the house. Okay, the first I'm thing you kidding, do no is idea. go in every square, right? Dude, I'm four years old. I was playing with like, uh action figures, okay? I was it was very it's a step above, all right? Took some time to get to adjusted to all that <laughs> crazy technology. This is some highbrow stuff yeah. here. Um but no, so once I eventually, you know, figured out how to do all that and uh, my neighbor really he was like about a year older than I was and he really kind of showed me the ropes as far as Pokemon goes and once I kind of learned that, then it made talking to my buddies at lunch, going on the playground and trading with the link cables so much more exciting in the cartoon and the the cards. Um, But as far as, like, the RPG itself, you know, I didn't recognize... I probably wasn't until a teenager where I really understood genres, you know, because I I read video game magazines. Game Informer was the one I read most, um, and and Nintendo Power as well. But...
0: Yeah, because I don't think it was until... What middle school or high school? We even learned what a genre was.
1: Yeah, no, if it's like weird, books and it's stuff weird like that. spelling. Yeah, it genre is, or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's g it's g e n r e or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah. but it, yeah, so like it was just a weird concept to me, kind of foreign. Um, but I love this gameplay loop of having a party of characters in this game and really finding the perfect party for me and discovering all of these new creatures for the first time because I didn't have the luxury of the internet or ridiculous amounts of advertising because this was the first Pokemon game. So I didn't... When I came across a Mankey or a a Drowsy or a Ditto or whatever it might have been for the first time, it was a completely new discovery that I'll never be able to really replicate.
0: Especially if you didn't see them in the shows too. You're like, what... Did I just... Am I the first one to discover this Pokemon? Yeah,
1: I mean, there was just a really true sense of discovery there that I think (laughs) is lost now because one, I feel like... In most cases, the Pokemon that they're creating now are, are lacking originality. Um, mm-hmm. you, you literally have a ring of keys and a, a vanilla clef ice cream key. cone. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it really lacks that original sense of um, just imagination and childlike discovery. So... and I have a shiny cleft key. Oh, well, yeah, aren't you yeah. so
0: special? I'm awesome. Um, <laughs> um, um, if you want it. My uh, keys
1: are shinier than yours. <laughs> okay. So, we're moving on. But... <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So I feel like that experience was something that was just so special, um, not even really knowing that it was an RPG. And some of the ones that followed for me were like Final Fantasy VII, um, which again, similar to playing Dark Cloud for the first time, it was something I returned probably two or three days after purchasing it because um, I just didn't get. I just didn't get it. I did not understand what about this slow pace of a like you know a snail's pace of a game how that could have been fun you mm-hmm. know um i like to just slash things or like i guess in pokemon it was turn-based too. you are an american um yes <laughs> no but i felt like it was just much slower with a game like final fantasy waiting for these meters to charge up so that um i could attack again it was just very odd to me
0: have you tried going back to those like final fantasy 7
1: yes i uh and- i have not played 7 much 9 is my favorite that's the only original like the holy trilogy of Final Fantasies on like PS One now. Oh, Nine is fantastic. I mean, certainly so yes. graphically, it's not great. I mean, yeah. Seven literally looks like Play-Doh. I mean, it's pretty. Oh. I mean, the CGI cutscenes are still impressive when those happen. Um, but, but there's no arguing that, um, the character models themselves are very Play-Doh clay-like. Which ones look? I mean, which Final Fantasies look with the same art style as Pokemon or look similar? Um that's going to be your earlier ones like Final Fantasy 1 through like 6. Oh okay. Um, so 7 changes it. Yeah, that's that was like the first 3D 3-dimensional di- Final Fantasy game. Okay. Um and I I mean I haven't played I played 1 2 and parts of 3 um a little bit of 7, finished 9, 13, 13 2 and a little bit of 10. Um so I I've played some of them, but like people would just gasp at the fact that I haven't played Final Fantasy VI or Final Fantasy III that released on the Super Nintendo because when you're at fifteen of them, yeah, I, I don't know if you have the right to gasp. Well, I mean, they're just again the pinnacle RPG, you know, series is as Final Fantasy. Um, but I would like to kind of dive deeper into the series. Um, I originally had like a lofty goal that I wanted to play through the entire series of Final Fantasy games, which is just stupid. Um, I had a lofty goal similar to that one of getting a life so uh <laughs> yeah um no I, I would like to play through six i want to play through 10 of course seven i'd like to play through 12 because it has this really unique combat system called the gambit system i think that plays very similarly to an mmo is that
0: pre-light lightning
1: yeah so tw- 12 comes before 13 um and oh, so crap that's how number works <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it to, never got to me. I right? had to throw you under the bus, but um. So yeah, twelve came out on the PS2, but it's been uh, remastered for the PS4. Who are the characters in twelve? Uh, gosh, what is the name main character? I don't even remember. Um, I just know the uh, the blue haired emo looking guy. I guess that's fifteen though, right? Yeah, Noctis, I think is what his name is. Sure. Um, but you played ten too though, didn't you? To did crush all no, those girls. No. What? Lauren said like. Final Fantasy Ten Two, you would like a crush on. Oh gosh, that was like middle school, like puberty time.
0: <laughs> okay. My friend Nick Jordan and his brother Michael Jordan, <laughs> of course, uh, yeah, because if Chicago you're last, Bulls fan, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, no. If you have if your last name's Jordan, you have to. No, he was really into Mega Man, so I, that's he got me into Mega Man. Which really, yeah. Which Mega Man games did it, you play? I played the one where it was. Um, what system? Game Boy Advance. Oh, so and it was it like Battle Network
1: or something. It was whatever the yeah the square one where you go around squares. Maybe I don't know. There were like a there was a million portable Mega Man games and that. I'm not yeah, there
0: was of. one. It was like a three by three grid, and you fought whatever men. There's a bunch okay. of people with man at the end of their name. Interesting. Um, I like that one. I did play the um, the
1: one what Super Nintendo. There's. The the X- re- like, one the the re-
0: they're just really freaking hard.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's the X series on Super Nintendo. There's like Mega Man 1 through 5 on the original Nintendo. Yeah, um, I do want to go play Mega Man. Yeah, it's not a series that I've ever been fond of. I played the Mega Man um, like Legacy Collection, I think it was, on Xbox. It had like, I don't know, seven of them on a disc. And I just... Um, there's no denying that the music in those games is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are very punishing, and it's just not... Um, a platformer that I want to take the time to learn and, mm-hmm. and get through. It's just, yeah, but I mean, to each their own. I mean, it, it clearly is well-regarded for a reason. It's mm-hmm. just not a reason I want to discover for myself. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah kind of like fin- Final Fantasy 13. Uh Yeah, no. Pete Doar is actually uh, speedrunning that game right now.
0: Oh, poor guy.
1: No, it's great, man. The music, The music in Final Fantasy... Is, I just couldn't get
0: past the characters. Like, Lightning's cool. She has pink hair. Cool. Her, I think,
1: little sister? Or yeah, I her think, twin, or whatever. Her little sister's, like, I think, Sarah. Uh, Vanille's, yeah. though. Who?
0: What freaking parents named one kid Lightning and the other one Sarah? You know, were they, like, at a dry spell or, like, just hyped up, hyped up on drugs at, like, a, a concert? And they're like, you know what we should name our kid? Lightning.
1: Yeah, could have been. I don't know. Um... No, I think... Th- or Moon Unit. I actually do like the characters quite a bit in Thirteen, And if you actually... Um, it, it is a little bit of a complex story. And if you read some of the, um, the I guess, documents, digital documents, of course, that you get in the game to help kind of further develop the story and the characters to, to read into the backstory of all that kind of stuff, it actually is really interesting. Um, Saz, or Zaz, however you want to pronounce his name, mm-hmm. um, is this African-American guy with an afro. And he has like a little... Um, Baby Chocobo in his afro. Yeah. That's just so adorable. He's probably one of my favorite characters. Um, instead of like a like a sword or a weapon, he has like two pistols. Um, and just his movements are just really unique. And he has a son that when he's reunited with him in the game is actually, um, it's almost like tear jerking. It's actually a pretty special moment. I mean, all the characters, to have that many characters in a game and to really, I feel, um, give them all their, their moment to shine kind of, I think is actually um, admirable. I think and it's it's really it's a, it's a special game. It has my favorite sh- soundtrack in all of Final Fantasy, which is really saying something. Yeah. Um. And uh, I love the game. I'm actually going to play through it again later this year on PS3. Now that Pete's playing it, um, it just got me in the mood to play through it again. Um. And thirteen two, I enjoyed. Uh, maybe What's not. What's the difference? Thirteen two follows. Um. I think Noel is his name and Sarah, um, okay. Lightning's sister. Mm-hmm. And they, like, are essentially traveling through time. And uh, it actually has a very similar system to Pokemon in the fact that you kind of collect creatures to fight alongside you. So pretty much anyone that you fight, aside from bosses, you can kind of recruit to fight with you, which is really pretty unique. That's interesting. The music in 13.2 isn't as good. Um, the story also I didn't feel was r- anything uh, to write home about. Um, is
0: that on PS4 or did three. they remaster it? I
1: really hope they remaster them. I would, I would freak out if they came out with... Um, a remastered trilogy on PS4 yeah. because lightning returns came out so late in the third one came out so late in the PS3's life cycle that like, I just feel like it makes sense to, to remaster, especially cause they've remastered 10, 12. Um, they have 15, they have 14 all on PS4. Like I would, I would really, lo- and you can download final fantasy seven through nine on cause was 13, a
0: turn-based,
1: Yes, it had a very unique battle system. It's actually probably one of my favorite battle systems in all of RPGs as well. Um, it has this. It's called like a. It's called a paradigm system, and so essentially you have these preset um, configurations for your characters before you go into battle. That um, you essentially need to shift. You do like a paradigm shift, and all your characters' roles quickly change to. Like, you could be in an offensive mode, okay, just trying to, to wreck the character. Oh, that's, yeah, that's bringing a bell. And then you shift into more of a defensive, then you're, one person's, like, healing your party. And yeah. one of the coolest things that they did in Because the game, annoying one was a healer, right? Um, I just remember a bunch of yellow. Well, the, but... the most annoying character was Hope. He was just this young boy. Oh, I thought it was... I thought she was the girl with, well, like, a really high voice. Yeah, Vanille. She was a little bit annoying. Yeah. Um, But what was really cool about the battle system is that you could stagger your opponents. And mm-hmm. so they had this meter at the top, and the more quickly that you hit them, you built up this this meter. And once it filled, they essentially were stunned and mm-hmm. locked. So not only were they not able to move or fight, their defenses were essentially completely broken down. So at that point, that's when you go into offensive mode and just wreck these characters. Could you
0: grind in that game?
1: Yo, yeah. I mean, you could essentially save, and it's a little bit of a workaround to do it. And the, cause the first 10 chapters is, is you're on a relatively linear path. Yeah. Cause that's what I was
0: playing through. I didn't get past like five hours of the
1: game. Yeah. And then once you get past those 10 hours, which is about 20 hours into the game, depending on how fast you play, um, you, you essentially open up into this giant open world, this incredibly large field with like these, these dinosaur like creatures walking around that you can fight that literally take like 45 minutes to, to beat. I mean, it's a special game. I really do love it, and I'd really encourage people to play it if you haven't. Um, is it the best entry point if you haven't played a Final Fantasy game? I would give that title to nine, honestly. Um, but uh, I is, think it... And nine's remade, you said? It's not, like, graphically in any way, like, enhanced to a, a great degree. Is it on PS4? But you can get it on PS4, and there's, like, trophy support and stuff like that, and it's a little bit touched up. Okay. Um, you, can get, you can get seven through nine on PS4, I believe. I know 9 for sure. Um, so it, should I start at 9? Cuz uh,
0: I the one game that I wanted to play is RPGs not to skip to that, but it's we're talking about Final Fantasy is the new one, 15. Yeah. I would um cuz it's like essentially
1: some bros on a car trip. Yeah. And yeah. And it's a very fast-paced combat system from mm-hmm. what I understand. And I, I want to play 15 as well, but um it's tough to recommend because you know, <laughs> unless you have, you know like recommending you play Ocarina of Time after you've played Breath of the Wild. It's tough for you to go back and play a game and appreciate what it did. Um, and I would say, similarly, if you started with Final Fantasy 15 and went back and played 9, you'd probably be like, well, this is slow. It looks like garbage. And I'm not having fun. So start me with the slow garbage one.
0: No, I, I'm it's starting, not garbage. It's, no, 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 it's I incredible. Know. I'm starting with 13, which I rage quit after like five hours. So I don't really have any. Perceptions of Final Fantasy. So I guess what's your opinion of where I should
1: start? Nine. Nine. Yeah. Okay. And I would even people listening, if you haven't played Final Fantasy, um, or if you played a game like 13 and were just off put by it and never touched the series again, play nine. Okay. And uh just know going in that it's it it looks older. It's it's hasn't aged incredibly well. But as character, I mean going back oh, and playing the story's Pokemon. fantastic. And so what I love about nine so much more than seven and eight. I haven't played eight. Um, but nine but I'm sorry, my, my phone, I just got a text. But 9 has like this childlike, almost animated movie, like Disney movie-like look to it, graphically. Okay. Um. And so in that sense, I think it's really, really worth playing. Um, I'm going to Google what Final Fantasy Nine looks like. Yeah, no, I mean, Zidane is the main character. Um, You know, Princess Garnett is great. Um, Steiner is one of my favorites, is actually my name, his name is Rusty. Um, he's like this night guy. That's just like really close. That's what you're named after. Yeah, exactly. My dad played final fantasy nine <laughs> yeah. in 1999 and then took yeah. a time machine back in yeah. 1993 and then named, uh, oh, that's a cool kind of style. Son after. Actually it came out in 2000, but, uh, but yeah, it's a beautiful game. The music in that game is also one of my favorite soundtracks and, and RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really, it's, it's unlike any other final fantasy game graphically and musically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, play nine for sure. Um, but yeah, that, I kind of went on a long tangent there, talking about my first experiences and stuff. But um, you know, maybe we just talk now about what about them is so appealing. This this episode's kind of open ended. There isn't a whole lot of structure to this, so we're going to pretty probably go all over the place. Just FYI. Um, but I guess Ryan, what about RPGs is so special to you?
0: Um, I think it's the main thing is the escapism, um, just kind of creating someone else who's going through. Whatever stories, I mean, with all the different genres, like even going from like borderlands, I'm never going to be like some rogue guy in like a wasteland with guns. And yeah, uh, it's putting yourself in a different character's shoes, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think I really like upgrading and finding loot. I mean, <clears throat> going through, I get over encumbered so often in Skyrim. It's not irritating, but it's just, I just want to pick up everything or, like, gather, and it's just a fun way of playing for me. Um, And then just upgrading my character of whether it's stat-based or whether it's weapon-based or trying to customize my characters Mm -hmm. is a lot of fun. Yeah. Plus, trying to break things is a lot of fun as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, trying to become overpowered. Like, in Skyrim, you can do that pretty easily. Yeah. by getting 99, or is it 100? 100, I'm thinking RuneScape 99s. Yeah. Um, you get 100 smithing, 100 enchanting, and then you can just make these stupidly overpowered, like, one-shot Weapons. swords.
1: Yeah. So that's fun for me. Um, yeah, what about you? Yeah, it's it's definitely a culmination of that and... I mean, yeah, you, you were kind of speaking more specifically to like the kind of the sandbox RPGs, like your Skyrims and Dark Souls and kind of creating this this character and making it your own experience. And uh, for me, it's definitely that, you know, I love that about those particular types of RPGs just getting lost in those worlds um, with my own character and kind of making the story what I want it to be. But, you know, maybe speaking specifically to games like Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy or, or Kingdom Hearts, when I am playing through um a story, you know, I mean, and you're doing that in Skyrim too, but um, you're on a more linear path here because um, you don't get to create your own characters. You know, you are a preset protagonist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I love that because, you know, for the RPGs that I have enjoyed, like Final Fantasy IX, um, just seeing their development throughout the game, I think is really unique. Um, when you do have likable characters and maybe even relatable characters, um, oftentimes they might be going through trials or, or experiences that either you've gone through or that you can in some way relate to.
0: Yeah. I really related to battling heartless and having a heart shaped moon.
1: Well, in, in honesty, I mean, I know you're joking, but like there were, there, there <laughs> were, there were these kids that, you know, yeah. were great friends. They grew up together and they were separated. And so, like having imaginary friends of like Disney characters is always kind of like a kid thing. Well, that too. But like my point is like you can relate in the sense that like maybe you've been separated from a friend and you are longing to see them again or a parent, heaven forbid, or whatever it might be. There, yeah. there are things that happen to characters in video games that we can relate with. And I think that in and of itself makes the game fun and we get attached to it. Um, but I think another thing too that I, about RPGs that is so special, and I don't want to go too deep into it because I think we could really talk about it in an episode of in and of itself, not, you know, um, pigeonholing ourselves, just RPGs. And that's just music. Um, I think the music in a game, um, I care more about, and this is going to be maybe a little bit crazy for people. I care more about video game music than I do the story itself. Um, because, because the story might be super compelling, but if I'm going to be playing a game for 30 to 60 to 80 hours and the main battle music is just ear-wrenching, garbage, and not fun to listen mm-hmm. to, well, that makes a heck of a game a heck of a lot harder to play through, mm-hmm. um, regardless of how enticing the story might be. It's like that one town from Pokemon
0: for every battle.
1: Can you imagine? Oh, gosh. The really creepy... It? It's
0: not Celadon,
1: it's... Um, not Lavender Town. Lavender Town. Is that what it is? Yeah. The one that's like, boop, 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 boop. boop, <laughs> yeah. boop. It's like really I tear
0: my hair out yeah. and
1: chuck whatever system cuz then the like the base breaks it's like boom yeah boom it's like really depressing and just like what the heck happened here um but yeah so I think that is what really draws me into RPGs I mean stories are, are also so important um I think oftentimes they can be very convoluted I mean you look at Kingdom Hearts Final Fantasy 13 um they can be kind of Difficult to kind of pick apart and really understand what's going on. KOTOR. Uh, I haven't played those, but I'm sure it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, so, but I feel like, again, it comes back to the battle system. It comes back to um, the the characters themselves and music. And if those, th- there's really so many pieces to make the perfect pie, you know, and yeah. some some games don't have all the right ingredients, but when a game does shine, like a Final Fantasy 9, it's, it's really. Or a Witcher. Yeah, three. I mean, I, we haven't played those games, but apparently 3 is, like, it, it, people regard it as their favorite game of all time. Like, it's, yeah, you know, it's something really pretty cool. So, um, I think music, um, story, characters, battle systems, you know, I, I, I've only played so many RPGs in my life, and, and many of them, um, you know, like your Final Fantasy 7s and 9s, it's turn-based, so you're sitting there and waiting to be able to attack your characters, but... Um, when you add interesting things like with summoning, you can summon a, pa- a characters like either alter ego or whatever it might be to help fight in the battle or like final fantasy 13 has this unique paradigm shift 12. I haven't played it, but it has this gambit system and we're only, we've only been talking about kingdom hearts and final fantasy. There's games and series of games that I haven't played that I know have really unique concepts and systems like the persona games. Those are games that I'm never going to play shimigami tensei because they're way too complicated. And, um, I tried playing Persona 2, which is very archaic by today's standards, on the PSP. Um, I couldn't get into it. And then I played a little bit of Persona 4, the Golden on Vita. And again, I I just couldn't get into it. Um, Maybe I'll give the series another chance, but um, I know those games take upwards of 80 to 100 hours to play. And if I'm already off-put by the battle system itself, I don't see myself um yeah playing through the games there are always certain elements
0: i mean as you're talking like pieces of a pie yeah and when they come together it's a like it sets apart an okay game a good game or like fantastic yeah and if there are um experience breaking pieces of the pie that if they don't hit even it halfway Mm -hmm. it's not worth playing
1: yeah and so um yeah, I don't, I don't really know where to go from there. But, I mean, some of my other... What I would really encourage people to play, uh, if you like music, um, is Theatrhythm Final Fantasy. Get Curtain Call, because that's the more comprehensive version on the 3DS. It's basically a rhythm music rhythm game. And you can play through the best songs from all the Final Fantasy games, including spinoffs, MMORPG versions, like 11 and 14. Like, they have music from all the games. And it's like, it's really hard to explain... But it uses a really neat, like, it's basically a rock band, kind of. You touch the notes on the screen, and you hold certain ones for, for longer okay. notes, um, and you play through music from the games. And what's also really unique about it is that you, pl- you can create your party of characters, but you can borrow from all the series. So you can have Lightning, you can have Cloud, you can have Tifa, Aerith, whoever you want in your party, and they level up as you play through these songs and get experience points. So it's basically like a music rhythm RPG. It's pretty amazing. Um and I'd really highly Is there agree. a story to it, or is it just to play through the music? Well, okay, so here's maybe a caveat to the recommendation. Um as you play through certain songs, in many cases you see the background scene of the game playing in the background. Mm-hmm. So Final Fantasy VII in particular has a relatively huge spoiler that most people listening, even if you haven't played it, you know the spoiler. I have no idea. Yeah, but there's a pretty big one, and that's spoiled in the song that plays that's centered around that moment. Um, mm. So yeah, I'd kind of caution people with that. But it's still a great game to get a better idea of like Final Fantasy music, characters, and just, I guess, how many games there actually are in the series, spin-offs yeah. and everything. Um, but yeah, so we've kind of gone on long enough there. Maybe we kind of start getting into... Um, each of the subgenres, okay. our experiences, whether or not we've dabbled in or not. So, RPGs. Yeah. Um, so,
0: RuneScape is kind of the main one. Um, spent a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. A lot of time. I think it, it's around like 150 days. I thought you were about uh, to say hours. I've been like, that's not too bad. No. <laughs> no, it's around <laughs> like 3,400 hours. Yeah. So it, it's a, I spent a lot of time in those kind of games. Um I actually tried to log on and find where it actually tells you cuz I found it before. Um, cuz I think uh, there was a double XP weekend and I got another cape so I'm afraid to see what that is. Oh my gosh. There <laughs> there was to preface that that was like a uh 8 9 months ago. So Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I've spent a lot of time in those kind of games. Um they're a lot of fun. I think World of Warcraft, as as terrifying it is as it is when they put up the new servers, you were saying you'd want oh, to try playing the original, like what it was a- back in WoW. the day I- when mm-hmm. um, South Park made that thing about it. Make Love, Not Warcraft. Yeah. I think it'd be cool to play what it originally was Yeah, before all the millions of expansions. And yeah. Yeah. What no, I agree.
1: So I played, of course, I talked about this earlier in, um, in an episode. I played Toontown quite a bit with my sister and some of my friends. Um, there was like a week free trial, and after that, I was hooked. And so I used my weekly $7 allowance. Uh, for. I'd store it up every month, and that's what I would use to pay for the subscription. Yeah. Um, it was either that, or I think I told my dad, like, dad, just stop paying me and just use your credit card to pay for my Toontown subscription. <laughs> Um, something along those lines. Uh, really enjoyed my time with that. Um, again, I would have loved to have dabbled in WoW um, or even some of the other obscure um, MMOs that didn't have such a cult following, or not cult, a uh, large following. Um, but uh, one game that I really, really wanted to play um, but just didn't have the the hardware to do so was Lord of the Rings Online. So when I got my first laptop, this must have been my... I don't even know, freshman year of high school, sophomore, junior year, whatever it might have been. I downloaded Lord of the Rings online and, I mean, my character was moving like molasses. I just wasn't able to run the game uh, as efficiently as I should have been able to, um, which is sad because I feel like if the game's not, if the servers aren't closed now, it's it's going to be pretty much any day now, I would think um oh, they're probably
0: definitely closed
1: but i do have the uh minds of moria collector's edition um because it just looks really cool there's a great art book and soundtrack in there and i got it on ebay for like eight bucks a couple years ago mm-hmm. um and so that's more of just like a collector's piece i guess for me um but yeah that that's one mmo that i probably would have rather played than wow just because of my yeah, love of better
0: the i think the star wars oh yeah that Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah,
1: that would have been fun. I mean, I I think it's still up and everything, but at the same time. And I think that's like all like original voice acting too. Like they got crazy number of voice actors to voice the dialogue for like the entire game. Um, that would be really fun. Yeah, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings are probably my top two. And then there's Elder Scrolls as well. Heck, oh my gosh, yeah, it just keeps going. They they're just adding new expansion stuff, and especially since I think it's pretty unlikely we're ever going to see a Morrowind, um remake. remake, to be able to go and explore that area. I mean, I have it on the original Xbox, but to see it graphically today and yeah. play through that on Elder Scrolls Online, I think it would be super I fun. I think people have modded the heck we out of it. We should do that. I mean, it's on PS4. What? Elder Scrolls Online. Isn't it a monthly subscription? Let's buy a month. Okay. You know? Let's just yeah. try it. I think that'd be
0: fun. Let's... uh. Talk to Rick's friend who plays online with his girlfriend, or his fiance. Oh, really? Yeah, we can see if it's worth yeah. playing through. I mean, it looks fun. It
1: does. I mean... Um, um, but,
0: yeah. I can talk to Rick and yeah, see what be fun. their opinions are.
1: Um, so MMOs, we don't really have a whole lot of experience. Turn-based, we kind of already talked quite a bit about, but the next one we wanted to discuss was just turn-based RPGs. So this is your your Final Fantasies and your Dragon Quests. Um, you know, my favorites in the genre, uh, again, are Final Fantasy IX and XIII and then Dragon Quest four through nine, uh, with the exception of eight because I actually haven't played it yet. Um, I have it on the 3DS. But the Dragon Quest games I love because um, I actually played a Dragon Quest game every year in college. Um, I think I might have mentioned that in an earlier episode. Mm-hmm. Just because um, they're very fun. You know, I'd get up in my bunk bed at night after a long day, listen to a podcast, and just play mindlessly through those games for like you know a couple hours a night. And uh, nine in particular is is where I would probably suggest people to start because it is the most refined version. Um, Four, five, and six are remakes of um, Super Famicom and original Nintendo games. Um, So in that sense, you might find them a little... um, Just they seem old. You know, they might not be fun. Um, But I love them. I mean, they are like... You essentially either turn-based... It's like a first-person view. So when you're actually in battle, it's not like... it's, It's essentially like Pokemon. You can't really necessarily... I guess in Pokemon, you can't see your Pokemon, can't you? Um, like when you throw them out of the ball. Yeah, you see their backside. So in, Dra- or in Dragon Quest, it's different in the sense that you have your four character names at the bottom of the screen, so you at least know, or a picture of them, you know who is attacking. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just see your enemies on the other side of the battlefield. Um, but it's it's just as close in terms of like proximity as, you, as a Pokemon battle. Yeah. Uh, but the stories are just really fun. Each game is not related to the other, so you can play them completely out of order. Um, I would say 5, in terms of story, is probably one of my favorites. Um, Hand of the Heavenly Bride. It actually has, like, kind of an emotionally impactful story in there. And you can get all of those games on the Nintendo DS. They've reprinted the copies multiple times. So, um, if you're paying more than $25 for each, I would maybe say try and find a a used copy on eBay or something. Um, Because there was a time there where they were, like, going for, like, $80. 90 bucks because wow. um they were original print and they hadn't reprinted mm-hmm. um but yeah four five and six highly recommend nine i would start with um i can't wait for dragon quest 11 i actually have it pre-ordered um it comes out i think september 4th um can you battle your friends on that so if i were to get it we could battle or no i mean well in dragon quest 9 on the ds we could play co- cooperatively together through the story okay um but um no they're not it's not like a pokemon thing where you battle each other okay um But yeah, they're just fun grind fests, essentially. Um, In terms of other turn-based RPGs, I'm trying to think. Again, there there are hundreds, thousands even, um, that I'm not talking about. But those are like kind of, I guess, my favorites. Um, And and Pokemon, of course, it goes without saying. Um, If I had to pick my favorites, um, my favorite generation, of course, is Blue and Red. Yellow, but my favorite game I think is probably Alpha Sapphire, just because of how refined it is, and and that generation is is really mm-hmm. special to me. Um, but yeah, what about you for turn based RPGs? I don't really play much. Um, mostly, just I think the only turn
0: based I ever played was Pokemon. Um, Rick really likes the
1: Fire Emblems, and I think those are turn based. So those are. I'm not sure about like the GameCube versions, but, but th- the the handheld ones. The handheld ones are like. Advance Wars, essentially. They're yeah, kind of like grid-based grid tactical type stuff. So, yeah, I mean... I guess... That it, again, you get in the minutiae of like, well, this this actually is technically a tactical RPG. But, yeah, but yeah, Those it's, people can eat it. It's it's so. a it's a turn-based RPG. Yeah. Yeah. And they're great. So,
0: um, I, I guess Advance Wars is another turn-based yeah. tactical if you want to be a prick. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's turn-based. I think the thing... I don't know if it's required or they're just playing on a higher difficulty, but in Fire Emblem... If your character dies, they're gone.
1: Yeah, permadeath. That is stressful to me. And I think... Is that required? So Sacred Stones, now that you bring up Fire Emblem, Sacred Stones on the GBA is one of my favorite Game Boy Advance games altogether. Um, it was funny. I actually had a job in um, high school and even college working at a grocery store. And I'd work really early shifts at the gas station mm-hmm. part of like chain of the store. And uh, when I'd worked from, like, 5 until 1, no one is coming up to the the register at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Probably until, like, about 8 or 9, even 10 o'clock. So I had my Game Boy Advance, and I played through the entirety of Sacred Stones in, like, a week because wow. um, I was just working. So what is
0: Sacred Stones?
1: Uh, it's just a Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem game. Oh, um, it is Fire Emblem. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's just, like, the subtitle. Okay. But it's it, I'd highly recommend that. You can probably get it for... The card might be like 20 bucks or something, but it's it's so worth it. It's yeah. a really excellent game. Um, but yeah. my point with all this, you asked about Permadeath. On the 3DS game, Fire Emblem Awakening, I think you can turn that setting off, which if Pete Door's listening, he would scoff at you because he's like... Well,
0: you know what, Pete Dorr, <laughs> Your opinion about Permadeath is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like enjoy that level of stress because I mean it's it'd probably be the same reason that I hate Tetris like if a singular block is gone like the thing that makes Pokemon cool imagine I've played through Pokemon Red version restart or like if someone dies they're gone yeah I forget the name of that it's um wait say that again I'm sorry I wasn't if a Pokemon dies you have to like release it it. oh like it blacks out no like if you I forget the name there's a certain challenges in Pokemon oh. where like you only can catch the first person in the area oh, that stupid. you f- you find, and then if someone dies, you have to release them. Yeah, I can't play like game. And like it's stressful. Like you're, I mean, it teaches you how to use potions, and like you actually have to use potions, strategize on your moves. There's some where you can't heal at a POKA Center. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's it can be brutal, but permadeath, especially in a character like. Or it's all about leveling up and having fun and grinding. Yeah. If one of
1: my guys dies because I don't know how to play the game or whatever. <sighs> I did like it in Sacred Stones. Um it was punishing because I had a few people that I lost that was it was tough because they were like really important characters as far as like taking out people. Um But yeah, I mean that's why you just have to like be very careful with how you play those games. Another game that I want to talk about before we move forward with any of the other subgenres, because uh, people will like kill me if I don't talk about this turn-based RPG is Chrono Trigger. Um, a game that I absolutely adore. Um, I've not yet finished it. It's about a 20 to 25-hour game, I think, and I put probably 15 in college and just never never got around to finishing it. But, of course, Akira Toriyama does the, the character designs and the artwork. Some of the best um, music in all of RPGs, without a doubt, for Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. And um, really unique characters. You know, you have, like, Frog and um, Chrono himself and just... Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I can't do this on the spot. I'm a terrible person. Um, but I actually have the DS version, which I would encourage people to play, um, because the super Nintendo cart goes for upwards of, I don't even know the eBay prices to stay. I'm going to ballpark hundred hundred fifty 150 bucks for just the cart without the box. Wow. Um, you can get the DS cart for 20 or less. I'm assuming probably, um, maybe even like 15. Um, and plus it, it runs very well. You have added, um, cinematics in the game on the DS version. Um, and that's a game that, like, I would say is, like, top 50 need-to-play games before you die type of thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Chrono Trigger was really pretty revolutionary when it came out, like, 95 on the Super Nintendo. Um, it really um, just changed RPGs, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, but I have it on the DS. So you could always just borrow it. Uh, but it's really worth getting. So um, that's the only other one I really wanted to recommend, but do you have something else to say
0: yeah i did look up the challenge name for like releasing the pokemon it's called nuzlocke
1: oh okay yeah isn't that a name of a pokemon like that little yellow like um i feel like that was like the name of like a little yellow uh like uh what's the long neck like what's little uh, littlefoot's Littlefoot? name yeah it kind of looked like that like nuzlocke or something like that or no, something yeah, like that's that. like
0: th- what third generation
1: yeah i don't remember but yeah, I think is it is Is a
0: false or was it? No. no,
1: I don't know. doesn't matter. Yeah. Moving no, forward.
0: Nuzlocke is the name of the challenge. If yeah. you're going for that. Um, it's worth trying. It's also very frustrating and terrifying.
1: Yeah. I'll just let you pokey fanatics deal with that. Does not sound like something I ever want to do in my life. Uh, but let's kind of move forward here and talk about probably the genre that we um, are most fond of, at least the, the subgenre. And that that's action RPGs. Um, of course, my favorite game of all time, Kingdom Hearts, is what you would consider an action RPG. Um, You're a big fan of the Bloodborne Dark Souls games. Yes. Uh, Of course, this is what I would also kind of lump Skyrim and Oblivion more when those types of games into. Some of the other games that I really actually like that I haven't really talked about much on the podcast are the Fable games. Um, Mm -hmm. Fable 2 in particular came at uh, a time in my life that was really kind of pivotal. I was going through just a lot of stuff uh, my freshman year of high school, I think it was. Um, And it's one of very few games that I've pre-ordered. I I pre-ordered at a place that's no longer in existence, Circuit City. And that was nearby my house at the time. And uh, I just remember I had, you know, like a small little CRT TV. that was like 15, 20 inches or something like that in my my uh, my mom's house. And I remember getting that game and bringing it home. And just after all the stress that was going on with family and everything else um, and just booting up this game and having this companion that was a little dog that went with me wherever we went Um, I got to really decide the path that I was going to go on. I mean, all of your decisions are kind of morally based. So you can either eventually, um, towards the end of the game, you either have a halo over your head or you start to actually grow horns based on how you converse with townspeople, um, how you go about uh, finishing particular missions. Um, So I thought that was such a unique concept, how they took your decisions into consideration. And of course, this was before I played (laughs) games like kotor and mass effect so i really have never force unleashed or the lightning guy the lightning guy Uh, Um, oh infamous Yep, because
0: you you could have red lightning or blue lightning yeah
1: exactly um so that was really special for me and i really love the fable games three i actually enjoyed quite a bit too um i feel like the end game was a little uh poorly designed because depending on the decision you make it can either like essentially just ruin the rest of the game or like make it okay it's it's hard to explain you just have to play it um, but i'd really encourage you to play both fable 2 and 3 and and one was actually originally on the xbox but it was remastered for for 360 so that one would be would be good to play too just really fun third person action rpgs that i really enjoy um there's dozens of others but the, the ones I'd, I'd, I'd say that i'd really like to play i have two one of them being jade empire it's a game that came out on the original Xbox that I never actually played uh, of Bio- Bioware fame. This is before, of course, the Mass Effect games. And it's basically set in a world based on Chinese mythology. And uh-huh. so you essentially create your own character. And it's more or less very hand-based as far as the combat. You like learn like different forms of like Taekwondo and karate and things like that. And you use those different abilities in different ways. You also have weapons as well. Um, but I just think a, a game set in, like, Chinese mythology just sounds so intriguing. You'd um, really like Neo, then, because it's very similar. You have, like, different
0: uh, fighting, st- like, stances and things. It, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's very similar to that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I want to play Neo, and I definitely really want to play Jade Empire at some point, for sure. Um, the other one is a... Uh, I think it only came out on the PC back in the day, and that is Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Um, now, don't quote me on this, but I think Vampire's... Uh, the Masquerade was originally like a tabletop RPG, and Bloodlines was essentially the the video game equivalent of that. And in this game, you create either a female or male vampire, and you're kind of set into this 21st century L.A. and play out the events of the story. Um, and you have like skill trees and things like that. You upgrade your character, and I'm really a sucker for anything vampire-related. I love vampire horror movies. I love um, vampire... Edward... So dreamy, shining <laughs> in the sun. Um, no. Um but no, uh 30 I'm days of night. Glad he died in the Tri Wizard tournament. Me too. Me too. So that he could go reprise his role as Ed <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we can get yeah. yes yeah, so we can get Twilight. No, um Thirty Days of Night, it's a good one. Uh there, there's a million vampire movies that I really enjoy. Um, but I think vampire games, especially, there hasn't been many of them. You know, there was the more recent vampire. Uh, that really wasn't well received. I still want to play it when it's in the bargain bins. Um, I think you it, still have to play the Skyrim DLC where you, yeah, do Byron, I, and that was so um, intriguing to me at, at the time, but I never played it. Um, I have a game. Um, oh my gosh, what is it? Blood Rain? Um, no, Blood Omen. Blood Omen Two. This is the. Um, oh my gosh, I cannot think of the Dark uh, Legacy of Kane series. It's a Legacy of Kane series. Blood Omen Two on the PS2. Um, is really ridiculously dark, but I love looking in what way Um, you kill people. And then there's an animation where you literally just suck the blood out of them and you see the blood releasing from their body into your mouth. How do you know if their type matches up
0: with your blood type?
1: It's a risk we're willing to take, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because an A to a B person. It's actually really. permadeath. So you have to start from the beginning of the game. If, if you you're take... you the wrong blood type. Oh, no! B-negative, B-negative retreat. Yeah. They're A-B. No, so it's... You can't suck from anyone. It's a game that... Well, most of my PS1 and PS2 collection I want to save for Twitch. I do want to, by the end of the year, start streaming on Twitch on the weekends if I can. And so I'm saving that game to play for a later date. But... Love vampire games, and I think a, a vampire RPG just sounds really interesting and right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, so so what about you for action RPGs? Anything <coughs> specific you want to talk about?
0: Um, I mean, I guess Soulsborne, and then I guess now Neo. Skyrim is considered action RPG, mm-hmm. right? So I've put a lot of hours into both of those. Uh, Oblivion and Skyrim. Borderlands, I
1: guess that's more of a shooter, but is that considered action? I would consider it, yeah, for sure. I mean, because you have skill trees in that game. And um, then things.
0: Monster Hunter, is that considered action? Oh, of course. Of course, okay.
1: yeah. It's it's just a
0: mash of things. It's, yeah, I mean, again... Who even knows? It's an RPG, so I'm going to put it, it's action-y. Yeah. Um, yeah, Monster Hunter was really good. Um, and
1: you're, you're speaking specifically about Monster Hunter World, the PS4. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. I tried playing um, Four. Ultimate 4, and the controls were... Because you're playing on a DS, you don't have the joysticks. It's yeah. not as refined. I don't know how people do G rank.
1: Now, are you going to get the uh, the ultimate game for Switch that's coming out?
0: Yeah, I'll try. Ge- I mean, you have joysticks on Switch, and then yeah. you can also um, put it into controller form. Yeah, on the Switch, so I'll, I'll definitely do that. I know Rick and Ben are going to do that as well. What about the Monster Hunter games? Do you like so much? Because I mean, some I like the concept of being able to like you capture something and the first time you capture it, you get its, like, parts. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like the hunter and gatherer kind of elements to it. And then the second time you go, because you've conquered it one time, it gets easier. Yeah. And you get to where it's hide and then kill its brothers and sisters. Yeah. Um, I mean, just the fact that you can actually, like, kill them and use their skin in different parts to make armor. Yeah, it protects you more against that person. Yeah. Um, So it becomes easier and then, Gaining that new armor, which you can visually see these changes, Mm -hmm. it prepares you for the next kind of fight where you go and you're unprepared relative to that certain monster. Then you kill it once and you get some of its parts. You can make a helm or a plate. um, And the next time it's a little bit easier.
1: And really what Ryan's getting at here is the only really the loop. Im- real important part of Monster Hunter is that you have a little palico companion that's a little cat.
0: Yeah. And it's
1: literally the most adorable thing you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. And then
0: you can upgrade him with their armors as well.
1: And if you're walking in the water, he gets on like a little like canoe, mini canoe thing yeah. that he like paddles around. I mean, it's it's stupidly adorable how charming this game is. Yeah.
0: Um, level of detail and those kind of things are great. But it's really beautiful. I think Monster Hunter has a really good loop. Um
1: I definitely got addicted to that one. Yeah, no I agree. I agree. Um anything else you want to talk to specifically about no, no. So the other I mean, series I, I wanted to talk to quickly because I know there's probably some really big fans out there um is the Tales of series. Um you know, either Tales of Abyss, Vesperia, Symphonia, whatever. Um I've only played Tales of the Abyss 3D on the 3DS. Um I put 50 hours into it and then figured out that there was like some plot twist and there was going to be like another 25 hours and I was like I First of all, I didn't find the game um, very compelling to begin with. It was painful to put 50 hours in um, already, but 75 or whatever it would have taken to complete it. I was just like, these characters are not interesting enough. And I think that's the biggest problem I've had with the Tales of series. Um, They just haven't been interesting stories and characters that I really fell in love with, with the exception being Vesperia on the Xbox 360. came out on PS3 in Japan, and then it is being remade, I think, for both it might even be coming to Switch, but I know it's coming to like PS4 and Xbox One, um, a remastered version of Tales of Asperia, and I'd highly encourage people, if they haven't played it, to play this game. It's a third-person, you know, action RPG, so essentially you you see your enemies on the playing field, you run into them, and then you're in this like essentially um, closed-in circular area where you kind of just slash them and use different things called arts, which is like these fantastical like little abilities that you have. You have a really... Um, well-rounded cast of characters, one of them being a dog that smokes a pipe named Rapide, mm-hmm. who's like super rad. Um, yeah,
0: dogs can get lung cancer too.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? He's not worried about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's living his best obviously. life. Obviously. He's living <laughs> his best life, Ryan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but he holds a sword in his mouth too, like when he fights, and he's just like super uh, rad. Um, there's
0: a uh, Dark Souls boss similar to that in the first there is, one. There is, there yeah. is.
1: Um, but yeah, so Tales of Vesperia, I would highly recommend. I know... Um, some of the GameCube versions, I think Symphonia was maybe on the GameCube people really enjoyed, uh, but there's just too many. I mean, there was a, there was a time on like the PS3 era where they were coming out like every year. There was like Zillia, Zillia 2, um, Zisteria, uh, Ves- Vesperia, Symphonia Remastered It was getting too ridiculous. What's up with those names? It's just Japanese Why not developers just have <laughs> some of the craziest, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.8. Prologue HD remastered three five eight over two think days. You get numbers right, like, yeah. Uh, it's just really complex and convoluted. Doesn't make any sense. Um,
0: yeah, so we're wait, 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 wait. so going back to Final or uh, Kingdom Hearts. Why was it named three hundred and fifty whatever? Why was it divided by a something?
1: Um, I can't say definitively, but my first raw answer to that would be you didn't actually play through three hundred fifty eight days. Of missions. Yeah. You would play like day seven and then you'd fast forward to like day 32. Yeah. Some days you'd go in succession, like 17, 18, 19, whatever. So um, they're
0: telling you how many levels you have to play through? Possibly. No. I <laughs> or really, maybe it's like, uh, what's it, Axel and other guy?
1: Uh, Roxas. Yeah. Um, it be
0: them divided by two days? It or? could be. I honestly have no idea.
1: I, <laughs> if I tried to understand <laughs> half the things that went through Tetsuya Nomura's mind, yeah. my mind would explode and I'd probably die. So. Yeah. Probably. I like living. So I'm not going to do that. But we've gone on for two hours now, kind of just really all over the place talking about why we love the genre and our favorites, games we want to play in the future. Um, I think we're probably going to call it there. Some other genres or subgenres that we didn't really touch on were um, the first person. So this is what I would say probably um, a lot of old school PC game players play. So like your Eye of the Beholders, more recently Legend of Grimrock, and then even the Etrian Odyssey games. Um, If you have a 3DS or DS Um, If you're ever going to get into a first-person RPG, I would recommend the Etrian Odyssey games. The music is fantastic, but it's, it's all in the first person. You're basically going into these arenas where, at least in the old school days, you didn't know the layout of the map. So you essentially had to pen and paper it and actually draw the map layout yourself to figure out where particular bosses were, items were, and such. And it was really pretty archaic, but... It but, sounds pretty cool, actually. It is. I mean, it's it's neat, but it's not for everyone is what I'm yeah. getting at. So Eye the Beholder, Legend of Grimrock would be, uh, probably be the the biggest um, recommendation. It's more recent. You can get on the PC, Steam, whatever. Um, but Etrian Odyssey, if you're a portable game player, you can get those games on the DS and 3DS. Um, and I think the fifth one recently came out on 3DS, so you can probably get it reasonably priced. Um, and then the other one would be like roguelike RPGs. Um, the only one that I can really recommend there is dark cloud because that's the only game in that subgenre that I've played. Um, but you could of course Google rogue like RPGs and find a whole slew of recommendations there. Uh, but my voice is getting hoarse. We've talked long enough. I feel like we've, yeah. we've got a fun episode here. You know, yeah. we, we talked about some of the really great games that, uh, hopefully you found recommendations that for games you haven't played before. Um, I'm sure there are hundreds of games that we didn't talk about that you adore, that you're probably just like, screaming at your mobile device or however you're listening to this episode um so feel free to rage and write into the episode or write into the show at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com uh whether it's specifically related to this episode you have rpgs you think we should play questions about the ones we did talk about or questions completely unrelated to this topic we'd love it anything that makes the show better we're all for feedback we love it I'd encourage you guys to also go on iTunes if you wouldn't mind um, just dropping a review, whether you just leave us any amount of stars, zero to five, or if you're feeling overly ambitious, actually writing um, us a review. It just helps um, us kind of get more recognized in the iTunes um, podcasting space. You can find me on uh, Twitter at relewis2011, where I post podcast updates and show notes, or the show every time we release it and anything else. Ryan, you got anything else to say, man?
0: Nope. You can find us there
1: under his stuff. All right. Well, it was fun. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you guys in the next episode. See ya. Bye.